Blog Talk Radio. Use the 
a schedule program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are! Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is Know the Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, is your host, Brother Blue Pill. I'm soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red. Any second now. Welcome back, family, to Know the Ledge Radio. Please make yourselves comfortable, settle in. We ask that you update your social networks. Let them know that you are here rocking out with the best. All right? You can find the flyer. It is on Nonetheless TV. Um, we have it on our personal pages as well. Uh, Instagram them. Send them out in the tweet. Update them on your Facebook. Let them know far and wide that you are here. My name is episode of Nonetheless Radio. Title of tonight's episode, The Have and The Have Not, featuring the illustrious head of the crown of New Covenant, our brother, your brother, Brother Flight. Okay? <clears throat> All right, uh, chat room is open. Okay. We are waiting. My co-host, he'll be here any second. Hope everyone had a wonderful, joyous weekend. Pray that the beginning of your week has also started off, you know, much success and goodwill and optimism and all those good things. Shout out to everyone who attended any of the various events this past weekend, whether it was Valentine's Father's Day lecture in New York, or whatever the family found themselves doing this weekend, it was a good spirit and goodwill, especially to the fathers out there, and the opportunity to uh, celebrate and be celebrated. It's a wonderful thing. All right, <clears throat> let me go to my co-host now and bring him in. Call up from the three four seven. Peace. From the Nevertheless Radio, this is your co-host, the brother yeah. Raphael Green. Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. I was just uh, wishing the family out there good tidings and, you know, sending some good energy to the fathers that experience being celebrated this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. You're one of those individuals, so. It was um, was real good, you know. I must support me. Well, Amir, and people were very courteous, you know, uh, um, 
you know, positive, like just everywhere. We were up early in the morning, you know, some of our elder elder ladies in the streets and, you know, people just walking by and uh, on the train. Just random, just, random niceness. Yeah, just random, you know, they were just being very in the spirit of um, supporting, you know what I'm saying, those who they saw supporting the future, you know, the fathers. Um, wonderful thing, you know what I'm saying? And then we have the event, you know, for Valentine, his lovely wife. Yeah, you know, your so phone is skipping on my end. <clears throat> your phone oh. is skipping on my end. I don't know how it sounds, you know what I mean? On other people's phone, but from my right here, yeah. It doesn't sound better now. Yeah, I hear you better. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Got to keep chopping okay. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Saying it was definitely uh uh okay. You know, and I can see. Yeah, what's wrong with your phone? Are you are you in a, you some place that you normally not or something? Like, I've never really heard your phone skipping like this. No, sir. I'm I'm in uh I'm where I'm always at. Alright, I can hear you now. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I just wanna stand in that spot, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was saying that um you know, it was all good. It was a it was a good day, Father's Day. <laughs> you know? That's what's up. Yeah. It was a good day. So, you know, shout out to all of the fathers out there. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all of the mothers out there. Shout out to the universal family. You know? Shout out to the family and men. You know, because it's definitely not one without the other. There is no Father's Day without a Mother's Day. And, you know, it's just family day. You know, but uh, it's all good when you celebrate the different principles, you know what I'm saying, the, the matriarch, patriarch, the male, the female principle, and just give us our props. So salute, you know what I mean, salute to, to everybody who is um, out there building their family, working right. to uh, build their family. I'm sorry to say something. No, no, sir, right. Even brothers who haven't you know, and, and the work that you've done or doing is essential as well because, you know, you're learning. You're learning, you know what I'm saying, vicariously through others to prepare yourself for father and motherhood, which is definitely not a walk in the park. It is something that is, uh, you know, it's something that uh, is, is it's not for everybody, you know. But in, in my humble opinion, it is the greatest experience that you can have as a human. This is one of the greatest experiences to procreate and to watch your future and your procreation, you know, develop and grow. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing, nothing else that fulfills me more than children at this point in life. I guess I'm getting old. I guess I'm, I'm on my foggy. I'm on my old man. You know, it's supposed to be sneakers and shit. You know what I'm saying? Or the Xbox. But 
you know, those things don't do anything for me. It's the children. It's the babies. I want about, if I could, if I had my way, <laughs> if I did have my way, it would, I would have a, a whole house full, of, I would say a compound or a ranch full or a farm full of little But, uh, you know, we we here. I'm I'm good with this. You know what I'm saying? I got two, and I'm I'm very, very grateful, extremely grateful that you have. Hold on one minute. Okay. Yeah, so what's good with you? How was your weekend, though? Everything was, everything was, was, was cool, you know? It was a uh, festive weekend out here in Los Angeles. They had a Juneteenth celebration out in Lamert Park. So I was out in Lamert Park with the family, you know, tapping into the culture. Oh yeah, getting to uh, you know, just just being being the company of the more quote unquote conscious minded folks out here in Los Angeles. Um, ran into some wonderful artisans on my travels. You know what I'm saying? Some fine artists. One brother in particular, I posted some pictures on Facebook. Brother's name is Eddie Stokes. He's a fine wood artist. Um, does things with with you know that that element of the earth that I've never I've never bore witness to with my physical eyes. And he doesn't even use a wood chisel; he uses a razor. And his whole discourse about his creation process is real spiritual. Think about really um, intimately getting in the woods, pause, you know what I'm saying, and um, getting to know, you know, the grooves and, and, and just allowing the grooves to, to guide you as an artist. And I was real fascinated when I had uh, wood cutting in high school. I made a clock, you know what I'm saying? And I always Never. remember that feeling when I, yeah, when I completed the clock and I, I varnished it and everything. I hope I'm using the right words. But, um, you know, I mean, it's Would you consider huh? yourself a master of wood? Would I, would I, you said, would I consider myself that? As a result of the no. you made. No. It sparked the interest where I, I, I said to myself, as an artist, I liked it. You know what I'm saying? I liked the, the whole aspect of being able to carve into a, a different medium and find mm-hmm. shapes where normally you, you don't see it. You know, sculpting and all of those things have always fascinated me. I've never really been excited about 2D artwork. I always wanted to get three-dimensional, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was, like, one of my goals. At some point in part of my life, I want to get into sculpture, molding. So to see okay. what he had done with wood, you know, like I said, it was it was amazing to see that level of expertise. And his brother, like I said, his approach is real scientific. He's like, I'm just like every other kid out here. For the majority of the children out here, you know, I might have failed algebra, might not understand trigonometry. But it was like, you know, once we once we sit down and, and really tune into creation and, and, and the gift of, of creativity, you know, we really have these gifts that they're, they're, they're intrinsic in us. And he just started studying the math all over and applying it with a new logic, you know, funny enough. You know what I'm saying? He said that he was able to do the things that he'd done because he was applying new logic 
course, how he saw the wood and saw the designs, and he challenged himself. You know, in his mind's eye, he saw the complete picture. He challenged himself. Can you do it? Are you that bad? You know what I'm saying? What's your hands mm-hmm. like? And, and and that's what brought about this level of expertise, this fine home skill. So we have some pictures posted on, on our Facebook. I'm going to share them at some point on Nota Ledge. And, you know, brother definitely wants to become part of our movement, Gatefield Empowerment. We're going to probably more than likely be doing some joint vending together. Because this Indeed. fine art is on par with my fine art, you know what I'm saying? And we just really want to focus on creating a space for fine artists amongst ourselves, you know, bringing a new face, a new flavor to fine art. No doubt. No, I support that. And, and, and shout out to everyone who joined us for Friday night's program. You know, it was monumental, it was legendary. You know, Indeed. any reverberations from that one there? Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been getting a lot of inquiries, family, like you said, class. is coming very, very soon, you know. And um, it's just monumental. Every day, discovery, new people stepping to the plate with, with new services and new products. Shout out to the Mooney Twins. They tighten in the screws on the binary option trading. You know, that thing, that, that, that train is, is, is running at full speed as well. You know, but there's some um, tweaking that needs to be done to make it better accessible to everyone, you know what I'm saying, especially for those that might not be catching on as quick as others. You know, there's levels to this. So, yeah. You know, Beautiful, you know. I caught you, brother's um latest YouTube clip. You know what I'm saying? Which one would that be, brother? Oh yeah, I know, right? Gotta keep you updated. Um, yeah, this particular clip that I saw was about Tahuti. You know, Tahuti had called in. Yeah, I was on the block, chopping it up. Yes, sir. Um, shout out to the brother, you know what I'm saying, his family. And um, we had Absolutely. the opportunity to, uh, you know, have a word and, 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 you know, hear from the brother as opposed to listening to a third party that, you know, on Wednesday everybody said was liars and propagandists, but on Thursday they believed everything that they said. So it just shows you loyalty or rather, you know, the conviction by people, you know what I mean, just being honest. Right. But, um, you know, the brother is, you know, keeping that he's strong. He got to, you know, he's facing, like I said, man, he's facing his life. And that's nothing uh, that might be one of his um, most challenging and difficult battles ever that he's fought. So he's going through that right now. So, um, you know, we were definitely supportive let him know that we asked for him. We're going to be able to uh, send him some money and stuff like that, keep his mind going, send him some pictures. You know, with brothers who are in those situations behind the wall need to uh, boost their confidence and to keep their minds aligned, you know, in their higher selves and whatnot. So, um, you know, that was good. That was, that was a, it, it felt good to me because, you know, it was Father's Day weekend. You, you feel what I'm saying? Any Any one of our brothers, 
who are, you know, parents behind the wall or in situations where they're not there for their children, you know, that's 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 a slight against us. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something that, you know, I feel for, I, for some reason I just feel for brothers like that. You know, maybe everybody doesn't. They've gotten over it, but you know, I still have a I have a place in my heart for the brothers. You know what I mean? So as a as a brother who is a family, I have a family, and I know the importance of being there for my child. You know, I didn't know this before, before I was a parent. Uh, I wasn't, I heard about it, but it, I, I didn't internalize it. But now I get it, you know. And, um, you know, I know his, uh, I've met his daughter before. I met his newborn. I met his wife, you know. I met his family, you know, so I was familiar with them. So, you know, we chopped it up. Uh, the polite was out there with his family. Um, you know, everybody on two-fifths is out there. So it was a cool weekend. We got to uh, meet up with your brother, with a brother that you introduced me to, Brother Ramsey's Bearded. Yes. Who is the? Uh, he's a ex Giants, New York Giants football player, and he's on the Buffalo Bills. And um, he popped up Ramsey's Barden. My bad. And he came through to uh, 125th Street on Saturday to talk business you know, to talk entrepreneurship and to talk, um, you know, uh, you know, to talk opportunities and also to inquire about signing up with our brother, Brother Polite. He is um, wow, attracted. Okay. Yeah, he, he's definitely attracted to the uh, to the movement. He is, he finds his, he finds the air like in our brother Polite. So the brother set up a meeting with him, and it was wonderful seeing that go down because I know we're going to be able to go, you know, in the near future. So, um, you know, it was all good, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was one of those things, you know. You know. That's what's up. Yeah. Definitely sounds like a productive weekend, you know. Yeah, I mean, it had its ebb and flow, you know. It had definitely a uh, challenge. It was, it was, it had its, it had its, it had its challenge, you know. But we're here. Uh, would, you know what I'm saying? Would you, would you be referring I'm, to the lecture? Yeah, you know, there was, there was fireworks in the lecture. And uh, so I met her over the validity or rather the um his his outspokenness about the debate culture, you know. And it was an open debate. Your phone's here, you, know, you might want to repeat that. I said it was an open debate about, you know, Doctor Valentine's out you know, what he find, what he sees or what he envisions as the validity of the debate culture is taking place. So it was only right that the person who's, you know, the the figurehead and him got to handle, you know, got to basically share their um, stance about the uh, the debates in public, you know what I mean? And that's definitely what happened. So, you know, at the end of the day, everybody was still able to, uh, you know, walk away satisfied and peaceful and things of that nature, and then we'll move on. And, you know, I just hope that uh, 
the message, the wisdom that our elder, you know, shared with our younger brothers and our and our brothers in the community is received. You know what I mean? The way that you know we claim or we profess that we receive wisdom from our elders. You know, and to understand and understand that Dr. Valentine is a visionary, is so uh, he has pro- he has prophesied many things. You know, and he's on the outside looking in, and he sees something. You know what I'm saying? And as a result of that, you know, if if I were a wise man, I would take heed to what it is that I hear that man as an elder, as a as an elder, as somebody who is well seasoned in all forms of covert uh, operations, you know, he, he just, he knows things that are going on that the average person or student may not know. So I would take that information and I would really sit down, humble myself, and just do the knowledge to it, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, and but on the flip side of that, I would also encourage our brothers and sisters that are participating in those events to, you know, continue to elevate those events continue to um, refine those events, continue to aim for, you know, higher, higher uh, grounds with those events, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, you know, it's, it's not going to stop. Like, it's, you know, it does. So at the end of the day, you know, I even had a conversation with one of my brothers today on 125th Street, brother from the mighty ISUPK, and I even told him one of the visions that I had about, you know, the future where our brothers will be on the stage together as a research team, you know what I'm saying, going up against some of our more outspoken, you know what I mean, outright enemies, culture vultures, you know, similar to what Dane Dash is trying to attempt with bringing the big fish right. out, like home, song that out, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, wash him up, and there will be a ticket take parade waiting for all of them. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, but I see yeah. that in the future, you know, brother said he could see himself on the stage with some of his contemporaries. But you know, he agreed as well that right now it's in a phase where brothers are chopping in this wars. So it's almost akin to a barring match. But we just have to commit to you. And it's not, you know, we are now. Your phone. Your phone. Hello. Oh yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hello? Yeah. The community should know at the end of the day this is not an act of, you know, potential violence. You understand what I'm saying? Hello? Yes, sir. I'm right here. Yeah. So, you know, any divisiveness, any uh, vitriol, you know what vitriol is, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that, all of that personal attacks and the, you know, the the, the rampant use of vulgarities and the, the physical, you know, the acting like that you're going to do physical harm to your brother. All of that, the toxicity, like all of that, has to be completely abolished. You know what I'm saying? It has to be erased. And uh, we'll talk about it further. I'm sure. You know, we'll definitely have this conversation in the near future. We had a very interesting conversation uh, with Forbes DVD, me, Brother Sarnetta, Brother Polite, Brother Sutek on 125th Street, and that video should be up this week, you know, talking about uh, the validity of the debates, you know what I'm saying, um, 
and it was an interesting combo. It was it was it was good because everybody has their uh, opinion or their vantage points, and everyone's point should be respected at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. Yeah. So that's what it is. I was getting a lot of that feedback. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, people be on my Facebook thinking I'm you or something like that. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, nah, that's, that's my physical. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not all over um, Forbes and that. But they like, nah, you know, they passed the message that we, we really appreciate, you know, what he said and how he said it, what have you. So there's a lot of camaraderie. Um, there's a lot of shared sentiments with, with what it is that you're saying. Seem to be striking a chord and pretty much perfecting, I guess, what's on people's minds. You know what I'm saying? Progress and move forward when all voices are heard, you know, because the brothers and sisters, they may not be on YouTube speaking or they may not be on 125th Street or they may not be the ones standing in the auditorium. If they don't have someone that's speaking for them, if they don't have someone who is, you know, uh, sharing sentiments, then that's when you find people feeling like they don't stand the chance. Like they feel like it's one-sided. They may feel like their voice is not even respected. So they'll be quiet. You know what I mean? And there's nothing worse than being than suppressing how you feel. You should not have to come into a community to be amongst free thinkers and individuals who claim to be enlightened and feel pressured to share your sentiments and be yourself. This is about being yourself. This is about being able to not only be yourself, but being willing, but having the willingness to learn. Like if you're wrong, being able to, you know, upgrade, you know, right there on the spot. Like, you know what? I was wrong about that. You know what? I'm going to grow right in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to just go ahead and, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to warm myself. You know what I mean? Like it's all good. I get it, you know what I mean? I'm, I, and I'm not that, my ego is not so humongous, and, and I'm not that hard-headed to where I won't allow myself to say, you know what, you made a point, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to rethink this whole thing, you know? So I'm just, I'm I'm honored that brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying, that they're able to speak their minds, and they have a different mind from on in the, uh, the the populace, the, the the popular, you know what I mean, like the popular thought and whatnot, you know, and that that's why that's why we quote unquote uh, the network or community, right? Isn't that the reason why we all out here? Isn't that the reason why they have comment sections and stuff like that? So people, that's isn't that the reason why we open up the line for question, comments, and concerns? <clears throat> yeah. So that's what's up. You know? Yes, indeed. So, but we just like working. Oh, gosh. I got to say something. I want to give a shout-out to Rick oh. Smith. Okay. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Rick Smith, UFOteacher.com. Uh, I had a very extensive interview with him on Monday. The uh, audio has not been released to my knowledge. Yet. Um, 
you know, but it will uh, definitely be, um, it'll be up. And we'll put it on the Facebook, nonetheless, page. I had a real good, real good uh, conversation with Rick Smith. Rick Smith, for the family who do not, who may not be familiar, he's a European. Uh, he was responsible for a class European Confessions of the Moors. He um, works extensively. He is. Uh, he speaks about okay. European Confessions Dr. of the Moor, right? European yeah. Confessions of the Moor, of the Moor. And his his whole stance is, you know, he speaks highly of Zuali. He speaks highly of Moors in antiquity. He even brings a, a, a version of Moorish history that um, it was very new to me when I heard it about our galactic history, you know what I'm saying, our cosmic history. So he's been on the show as well. The show is in the archives. We had a historic show with him and Peter Moon, also with Hakeem Bey, and I believe Tosh Tariq Bey was on the show. We had all of them together. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we just built. We we had a building session. Uh, I spoke about the brand. I spoke about Know the Ledge. I spoke about KTL University. Um, he even shared uh, um, things, and his, um, okay. he said he wanted to be down with the university. He wants to be a teacher. He wants to be able to, you know, drop some knowledge. No doubt. So, university is thick, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and there's many teachers that are lining up. Dynamic things are definitely going to be on their way. Very short. I want to remind the family, Dr. Umar Johnson still his uh, school campaign is underway, DrUmarSchool.com. He got a few days left. He got a raise like 2.5, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully he's just yeah. at like 1.5 or something now, but there's a few days remaining for the brother's campaign, so go over to his website and see what's good over there, Dr. Umar School. I don't know if he's going to be on program before that time. We'll see what we can do, all right? But y'all can check it out on your own. Let's get into this nice program. All right. Yes, sir. Let's get into it. Yes, indeed, family. <clears throat> Tonight's guest needs no introduction, okay? Some may know him as the head of New Covenant. All right? Some in New Covenant may know him as the illustrious Supreme Grand Apperception Naisut, Amun Ray, Sinatum Ray, okay? And many around the world collectively know him as our brother, Brother Polite. So with no further ado, we present to you, family, call up from the 347-465. Peace, peace. Great to hear you, brothers. Peace. Pleasure. Peace. Welcome back, brother. Yes, yes. I'm glad. I'm glad to be back, man. I miss you guys. I miss being on the air. Uh, I miss being here. In a minute. Hold on real fast, brothers. Hello? Yeah, hello? Yeah, I was hearing the beeping in the phone. We good? There you go. All All right. right. We good. Yes, sir. So what's good, brother? Polite, what you been up to? Let the people know. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh... It's been intense. It's been intense. Uh, the the past couple uh, months, 
because I've I've had to go through the life cycle, a process in life that takes place in everybody's life. You know, I've experienced two deaths in my family, one more especially in my immediate household. And because the way the deaths in my family have run concurrent, nearly or seemingly almost at the same exact time, it has been a bit overwhelming. Uh, even to the extent I had mornings where I just could not get out of my bed, man. I could not walk. And it, it was wild because I learned a lot about people because, I'm, you know, traditionally you see me on some 13, 14 city-state tour. Um, I've, I've, been able, I've been blessed to go out the country and teach class at Miss of the Tour. And when I declined from teaching, I took some months off because my head wasn't straight. And I was amazed at some of the response. You know, there were there were rumors of the feds kidnapped me and locked me up, and that's why I wasn't seen. And I know that I was in a state of mourning. I did do a few videos pre-recorded, so it could appear as though I'm still uh, doing the uh, interviews because I know people look forward to them. And so I did a number of them, and I fell back. When I was doing the interviews, my eyes were red because, you know, I, I was still overwhelmed by the situation. And what happened was I've seen comments like, yo, he, that, that cush in New York must be good, that, that, you know, them niggas is smoking weed in New York. And I'm like, damn, I was just crying prior to the time I was doing an interview with Sarnetta. And the best somebody could come up with was that I was hot because my eyes were red. And I don't even smoke, you know what I'm saying? So I'm here looking at it like, and I'm not condemning no one that does smoke. Uh, but so I learned a lot, and a, a big part of it made me want to step away from even participating in the community. I, I really, and I know that's not everyone's fault. And then at midst of that, I was going through internal strife and uh, betrayal from friends and everything like that, and uh, all sorts of jealous warfare, and, and and then just stuff that you go through as a upcoming leader in the community. You know, and I always implore that people understand that we don't have leadership classes. And uh, when the youth is doing something, oftentimes the elders' approach is do it my way or I'm not supporting it. And I've experienced this firsthand in the community. So it, it, it gets rough because then when we come out with that rebellious shit, people wonder where it come from. It's like we reach out. But that sometimes we just don't tell us to stop doing what we do, participate and make it better because this happened with hip-hop and this has happened – with other movements in the past, all movements were really erected by younger people. The Black Panthers, Mumia Abu-Jamal was 16 years old when he was writing for their paper. Fred Hampton was like 18, 19, going hard. You don't think the elders at that time right. was like, man, you guys ain't got it. Y'all don't know what y'all doing. But guess what? Uh, it was going to happen anyway because you have to pass that baton. And the youth always find a, a, a different way to communicate based on their era. And with hip-hop, what have we seen with hip-hop? We've seen the youth put something together, and the elders was like, man, what about jazz? Remember Satchmo? Remember Louis Armstrong? You know, they was in their zone. Right. And I understand when the era starts transitioning, it becomes overwhelming. Are you my like, household? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have no instruments in there. Exactly. You know, and they, they got better points. No, we didn't need no improvement on jazz. What the hell is this? You already know. That's a sample. <laughs> Why they destroyed the music? I know that song. Y'all don't know that song. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like we, we listening to Biggie thinking this is a new beat. You know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, you know, fucking went hard on that. <laughs> so what we found was 
when the youth said, this is the way we choose to communicate, participate so we can refine it. When the elders didn't support it, the youth still went about what they were doing, but then they became rebellious and they had no discretionary consent because there was no input from the elders because they separated themselves from the youth. Not all elders, but in general. So what happens is the music became more rebellious because of the lack of the elders' presence who didn't see the vision of the youth because this is the way they communicated. They captured what was going on in their life day to day in the art form, and rather than it be supported, it was condemned. So now you have rebellious young brothers and sisters still doing what they do, but guess what happened? It's going to pop because you're dealing with the youth. You're dealing with the new generation. It is going to pop. It's going to go down. It's going to happen. It's going to become big. Now look at hip-hop all over the world. And the reason why it's messed up is because we didn't have the elders' participation while in its inception. Because the youth will communicate on their terms. So now I say this to say, I say this to say, um, the reason why we reached out to the youth for the for the debate, I mean to the elders for the debate, is because uh, we need we need participation. And I appreciate every input and everybody's idea about uh, what we should be doing and how we should do it. But we must never forget, if it comes down to seeing the elders teach, let's see how much elders come out to support the elders teach. And when it comes down to seeing the youth teach, let's see how much youth and elders come out to see the youth teach. And, and you got to, if, if, if we put it into those terms, we got to go with the youth because they're the ones that's going to be left here. They're going to be the ones... When the elders die, if they don't pass that damn baton, we're going to be just out there. Pass it. You see, in the NBA, when you're a star, sometimes you're humbled by age, and we still appreciate a star. We even say, let's get the guy that's been in the league that won a championship. Bring him to our team, even if he isn't producing the same numbers. You know why? Because he has that experience in the playoffs. He won't crack. He can mentor. Everyone knows this that watches sports. We want people that are seasoned in the sport to come. So it's, there's a matter of you're transitioning from we need your superstar accolades to we need your experience. And you may ride the bench and watch the youth be in what used to be what you call your place. But you are still relevant if you support that paradigm. But if you try to stay in front the rest of your time, if you try to be in that leadership position for 40 years and don't give it up, the youth is going to move on. Because why we got to wait for somebody on the way out? You're supposed to be getting us cultivated. You're supposed to be conditioning us to not make the same mistakes you made true, but also to allow us to make some of them also. Allow us to make some mistakes because you were allowed to make some mistakes. But at the same rate, we need to see you there. So when we fuck up, you're right there and there's an appreciation. So what I, what I want to see in this community is for us to bridge the gap because as I come into leadership, I learn more and more about our diaspora. As I come into, our, into terms with this thing called leadership, I learn more and more about our dysfunctions as a community. I learn more and more about why we are held back as a people. And I can see that it's not nothing new. You know, when, and, and this is because of acculturation, which is what I'm going to talk about at the event when we go over Islam. We've been, we are under an acculturation process. And, a, and then there's enculturation. Enculturation is when we make subscriptions to our own immediate culture 
Today we do not know what our immediate culture is. Therefore, we are subject and susceptible and vulnerable to an acculturation process. And that's when you are just picking up different ideas from different cultures, the scraps of other people's cultures, and claiming it as yours, but it never really works to your full benefit. You can never be triumphant in a foreign culture. If, you, if it were your culture, you would have excelled already. So what we find is that we're accrediting our slave master's culture to our very own paradigm. We're, we're, we're in search for identity, so we're taking the last thing we can recollect in history. So some of us are Moors. Some of us are Muslims that are not Moors. Some of us are Hebrew Israelites. Some of us are Christians. We're all over the place, and that's part of our diaspora, and that's part of the acculturation process as we are beseeching some remedy for our loss of identity. But one thing that was always common in ancient times was that there was an elder's presence. There was always an elder's presence, an elder presence to the upcoming youth. And, and so long as we stick to that fundamental aspect, we always can uh, conceptualize on the possibility of change. But until then, we are always going to have this kind of strife, and we're always going to have contentions in the community, and we have history that, we can, that has been recorded, that we bear witness to, that the youth will always devise something that will be motivational. The youth will always organize in some capacity. Well, and when people liken the debates to hip-hop battles, I say, you see, you talk about hip-hop battles like they're bad, but I have something to say for the elders out there and for the people that have a negative connotation on the hip-hop battles. i like to see you recite something that you wrote that rhymes for two hours. Matter of fact, don't let it rhyme. i like to see you stand up there for over an hour reciting ideas that you have in a popular art form and see how hard it is. Because you're just looking at it like, oh, my God, they're just going at each other. But you don't see the art behind it. It's an aggressive culture because we mad because we was born into nothing. We're mad because we hear about all this. We were the mothers and fathers of Egypt. We built pyramids on the 32-degree line of latitude, the Tropic of Cancer. We, we were told that everybody got all the information from us, but we can't get the fuck out of poverty. And you wonder why the youth is mad. Because all we hear is the elders telling us what they did. We did this for you. We did that for you. We slaved for you. Back in my day, we did the same thing. Back in my day, we did that. I'm telling you what's going to go here. I'm like, damn, a nigga left his household and still hearing this shit in the conscious community? Ride with the youth, man. Ride with the youth. Because the reason why we're rebellious is because we need to be. We're fucking angry at the situation. And if the situation don't make you angry, man, y'all can't talk to each other like that. Let me explain something to y'all. I'm so cool with the Hebrew Israelites on to this day after the debate because there's a mutual respect. Because in the hood, in La Hood, where the young people are and go crazy, let me explain something to you. It's not popular to talk about people that's not present. In the hood, we look at that like some bitch shit. When you're going to do a five, six, seven-hour lecture breaking down uh Scientology or whatever the hell it is you break down. If those people are not there to represent themselves while you're going in on them, the youth is like, I don't feel that. But it might be a bomb-ass lecture nonetheless. But the reason why, but to reduce the youth to a bunch of crazed Negroes who just want to see a fight, it's not fair to the young people generation. It's not fair to them. Because what the people have to do to debate is to study. 
and, and we encourage people to study when we do these debates. And what we're saying is if you've got something to say as a man, say it to the other man in his face. And if you ain't got the heart or the goal to say it when that man is present, when you are critiquing him, then simply don't say it at all and just give us a regular melanin lecture, brother. But don't talk about people when they're not there. So that's all we say. In our generation, it's exciting because I want to know if people are being misrepresented because how are you going to hire somebody that's not part of someone's organization, teach you about that person's organization while that person being present to represent their views? And we're going to walk around. We call this a conscious community. And we made up of all these different religions. And we made up of all these different organizations. But then we're not supposed to realize we disagree. Don't you realize we know we all disagree? But you know what? We get to understand each other more. When we go there, I'll tell you right now, AOC, the brother of Shah, the, the, one of the leaders or the leader of the Israelites over there, Man, he called me, I called him, his love, he called me the other day. He, he want to get in on a scholarship when I take on this debate with Ali Muhammad. The brother Tazariak that I debated, man, we talked on the phone. He called me. He want to uh, contribute to the scholarship for Ali Muhammad. There's a time we look like fucking enemies. But when I did that debate, when I see Israelites and I hit the streets, people probably think it'd be drama. When I see them, we smile. And you know what they tell me? You help us refine our culture, brother. You got us on our A game. And you know what? Before we saw ourselves outside of the conscious community. Now we feel like we're apart. And a lot of that contention that was there was because we never treated them like they was part of the conscious community. They were actually mad that we had them as outcasts. But when they came into the fold, there was a, a more profound appreciation. People start understanding, oh, sweat, they do care about black people, whether we agree with their perspective or not. But we can appreciate is that they do care about our people, and that's a start. You know, so it's a different language. It's a different conversation. And in music and in any culture and any art form, there are different genres. So hip-hop people shouldn't bang on people that listen to jazz just because jazz isn't their forte. You know, people that's into R&B shouldn't say, man, what's up with those niggas doing rap or what's up with those people doing techno? These are different genres. These are different expressions of the same allow people to express themselves in their individual capacity and don't undermine it to such an extent that it got to sound like a catch while everybody's listening to those people. But when they, when, they, when they listen to you, it's the right thing. But when they listen to those people over there, it's because they're using tricks. No, nah, we shouldn't do that. That's called hating. That's called hating. You know, it may not be your cup of tea to do something a certain way, and that can be appreciated. But everybody's granted the right of genre. Everyone's granted the right of preference. You don't have to listen to R&B because the old school like R&B. You don't have to listen to jazz because the old school like jazz. You know, some old school people are going to be up this damn time and some of them not. But we should appreciate each other's error and understand what we can learn from each other. But there's an expression, a mutual form of expression, that in which case we have learned how to communicate with each other and it's more healthier than us walking around here arguing all the time. If we, if we consecrate a time where we can vent our frustrations about each other's communities and doctrines and what we think and the misconceptions and preconceived notions, if we consecrate a time for that exchange to take place and then say when we get out, we move on to business and we have more profound understanding about each other, that is delegating a more profound responsibility to the culture and the people that represent it, as opposed to us walking around here in fear that black people cannot disagree without looking like they're about to kill each other or fight. That give us some more credit than that, man. And I'm talking to everybody. Give the youth more credit than to make it sound like they just only want to see people get ready to fight. 
don't talk about people like that because that doesn't speak to everybody that comes in for a debate. That doesn't speak to young people that come and listen to a debate. They're actually inspired at the level of commitment that it takes to teach that information because anybody could talk in front of a group of people and profess to be telling the truth. But when they have to be challenged on the stage with somebody else present, it makes their knowledge more refined. It makes wisdom born. And when you do it that way, you're actually cultivating leadership to become better teachers and to qualify the information by taking more time out to reconsider what they say before they just give it to people. It actually is a rites of passage when we do these debates. Somewhere in Africa, some niggas being thrown off a tree with a vine attached to his ankle. If he don't want to do it, they shut him and say, nigga, you ain't in. This is our rites of passage. You want to teach in our community? Brother, you have to be challenged by another brother that's also teaching. And if you can stand the test of time and have tough skin and not be walking around crying and bitching and moaning and groaning when it's over, and you can also learn from your experience, then you may be qualified to take on the true antagonists because they none of us truly an antagonist of the black nation. They exist outside of our community. This is so just a rites of passage. Friend. By saying that, would you be saying, are you saying that what we are witnessing will be akin to spark? This is not the actual, this is not, you are understanding that the ultimate goal, or rather the ultimate battle, or rather your open enemy, your direct enemy, your, your adversary who has identified themselves would be somebody outside of this community. Outside. That's all, because all of us are suffering from the acculturation process. And again, no, but, and again acculturation is, the, is when we extrapolate from what is around us. It's when we are edified by foreign culture and we adopt it as our very own. And the consequence to that is we can never accelerate in society. We can never exceed our expectations when the culture that we have adopted is foreign and we assume it as our very own. Because there are disadvantages to embracing a foreign person's culture and taking it as your very own. Only the one who created the culture can benefit from it the most. And that's the problem we're having. So we have to ferret out through the truth what works for us and what doesn't. And we may even have to grow to accept. Many of us may never learn how to pronounce the words that we think are from us in our original languages. Many of us are going to have to admit that some of this information we've been holding on to you for years, we may never know if it's actually true. We may have to start being wise enough to construct our own culture and not be afraid to do so. And that's the energy that every youthful generation brings in. As I explained to my uh, brother Rich from Brooklyn, I said my grandmother worked for 40 years at 9X Phone Company. 40 years I watched this woman do this. She retired when she was about 67, 68. Uh, lifetime expectancy was 72. She, had died, she died around that age. I watched her with arthritis. I watched her with back pains. I watched her ankle swell. I watched her work for 40 years and have a house for 30 before I was even born. And she lost her house and got it foreclosed upon. When she got her pension, she got $2,000 a week every two weeks, okay, which would give you $48,000 a year. After building someone else's company 
after laboring so much that you sent several other white children to school, Chinese children to school, Hindu children to school, but couldn't barely afford to keep yourself alive, let alone send your own children to school. You worked 40 years for someone, and I'm a young man, and they say, this is the way. Go to school, get a job, and work there for 30, 40 years, then retire when your lifetime expectancy is coming in three or four more. There's no way in hell you can get me to follow something like that. But I love my grandmother, but I have to tell her, honestly, you go ahead and you wait for Jesus, because she was waiting for Jesus. My mother's uh, side of the family was waiting for uh, Prophet Muhammad to come back and break all the crosses when he comes back, because he's against Christianity and they Sunni Muslims. And my father was, uh, uh, was a, a part of the nation of God's enough of five percenters, and he was teaching me that I'm God. And all three of those gods failed me as I stayed suspended in poverty. And I had the best of three different gods. I had Allah, the incorporeal, the omnipresent, the beneficent, the merciful. And I also had the law that I was, and I was a law. I was God. And I also had uh, drink Jesus' blood and ate his body, no homo, okay? And I also was in that as I went to Holy Rosary Catholic School under my grandmother's tenants. So for me, the Catholic God failed me. The Father of God failed me. And a, and a, a Sunni Muslim God failed me because I had to be under those gods depending on who I was around. And none of those gods delivered us from poverty. And I watched everybody walk to the sweat of their brow and get jerked and create better ambitions and dreams and goals for other people's children as they slaved year after year after year for someone else, building their vision, building their company to put more niggas on the plantation so more white children can benefit from our hard labor. And you want me to follow that? I cannot. So the frustration that you hear when I do debate, it's coming because I'm hurt. That's where it comes from. And all of us are hurt. And, and younger people are more closely connected to the hurt because some of the older people are stigmatized by their own dreams and their own ambitions and their own goals and their own wants and their own desires, but they have met their maturation. You have to invest that energy and that potential into those that are younger for you, because, younger than you, because they will be left here with your legacy. And if you have none, we'll be back starting from scratch. And with that comes chaos, and that's why you see the chaos. That's why you, know, you see the lack of refinement in a lot of people's presentations. But we're learning as we go, but we need everybody to pull us by the shirt. Don't embarrass us when you do it. Pull us by the shirt. Talk to us on the side. Talk to us on the side. Don't pull our pants down in front of everybody and spank us and tell everybody you don't support what we do. Pull us to the side because you're dealing with a rebellious group anyway, and we feel like everybody's against us any damn way. So why feed the beast? But you see, even elders can be critiqued, but we're coming from a paradigm that I grew up in where the elder can critique me in front of anyone anywhere. But it, they'll be damned if I ever disagree in front of them. I have to be, I have to be cautious the way I say what I say. I have to be mindful the way I look at them when I'm saying it, and I do it to this very day when my elder challenged me just last weekend. I made sure I kept myself humble because I have to be like that. But what I ask and what I implore from the elders, because I'm not going to do that from the people because I know better, but what I have to ask for the, for the elders in the community, pull us to the side and don't let no one see that. Don't pull my pants down and spank me in front of everybody. Because you, you said that you're playing with some deadly waters. And the reason why you're playing with deadly waters is because once the conflict arises, people take sides, and then this shit will never stop. It'll never stop. And then one day we'll be wondering, how come it's like this? And it'll be all our fault. 
Yeah, that's why I'm saying we need some, some cultural edict in place. You know, we have to be careful where we put our critiques. There's a forum for when we can critique, but outside that forum, we have to keep our critiques very private because people use it to keep sides against each other. Meanwhile, the two sides just love black people in general. There's people on the outside like, oh, you heard what he said? Yeah, he got on that, brother. Yo, you see what he said to you? See, this is why I don't fuck with them niggas. You know what I'm saying? This is what people do. We're going to be used against ourselves if we keep airing each other out in public and uncontrolled forums. You see, it's a whole different story here. So what I'm telling you is, as I started from the beginning, I learned a lot about right, our me, people. Let me, let, me, let me share something with you. From, on, the sentiment, from the sentiments of the elders that we, we may be overlooking, okay? Because I, I could interpret what I heard, you know what I'm saying? And I could interpret what the conversation has been um, going on. Are you, is everybody there right now? Hello? I'm here. Okay, so I think the same thing that you said about the elders, you know, not questioning or doing what it is that you say will embarrass you in the public is similar to the sentiments that they're sharing, saying, you know, the youth are coming out there embarrassing each other in the public. They're, 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 They're dragging each other, hold on, they're dragging each other through the mud in the public. Do the youth feel like that? Hold on. I'm, I'm just going to share something with you. I'm just speaking about those who came before us. I stand on the shoulders of my teachers who opened up the doors for me. You, you dig what I'm saying? I'm one of, you know how, how people are saying, well, the youth are coming out, the youth are coming. Well, I was one of the first youth that came out when these elders were teaching because I wanted to take the information. I was attracted to it, and I, I turned around, and I, I helped bring youth in because of what I saw was going on with these elders. And I, and I said, same thing that you said, I knew that they weren't going to be here for too long and somebody had to come to stand up and, and they had to pass the baton to someone because if not, you know, they would just expire and there would be nobody else picking up the, um, the, the, the what you call it, the mantle. Now we have a new group of young scholars, a new group of young lecturers, a new group of young masters who have come into the community and have, Stated, you know, they, they staked their claim. You know what I'm saying? They, they made their way, and they said this is they, they carved their lanes and things of that nature. So what the elders are saying is we understand that there's a raw energy amongst you, brothers. You're competitive. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all out here. Y'all putting the information out in a certain kind of way. But in public, what we're seeing is you are weaponizing information, and you are attacking each other, and you are dragging elders. You're dragging elders who have probably been dead for 100 years through the mud. They're putting information of different um, organizations on YouTube, out in the public, on, you know what I mean, on record. And I saw the brother from ISUPK today, Brother Cesariak. We was on 2-5th chilling with him for a few hours talking. And that brother is speaks very highly of you, you know what I'm saying, has a lot of respect for you, Sarnetta, and everybody that is um, involved. In the um, in the movement, you know what I'm saying. Some of the same things that you shared just now, he shared with me as well about the inclusions of the Hebrew Israelites into the conscious community versus where they were at about two years ago. And um, he 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 said that you know he's definitely grateful for that because his the awareness of their movement. People are I even I even offered to help the brothers with a documentary so we could further the um 
their story so people could become more familiar with their history and things of that nature. But on the flip side of that, when you look at some of the comments online, and when you look not Brother Polite and Cesariot, but brothers from other uh, walks of life who may listen and like and, and respect Brother Polite and may listen and like and respect the Hebrew Israelites and may consider themselves card-carrying members, these brothers are still at war to this day. These brothers These are, are still at war. People, right? And I've been, uh, huh? Those are invisible people, right? Because I know, if but my I'm community doesn't teach to behave brother. like that, those are invisible nah, people. I know, but let me just finish the build, and we could we could build. I've been out of town before. I've been I've been in different states. You know what I'm saying? Those people went from being invisible because they are invisible in the sorts, but I actually got to see them materialize in front of me. They they went from being invisible to being visible, and I saw that the ramifications of different organizations. You know what I'm saying? Who have probably went up against each other four years ago. I still, I still saw the remnants of that amongst these same youth that we're talking about that we're attracting with this, with the debate. I saw the contention still in the air. I saw stagnation. I saw one person say, "Fuck that nigga. I'll never do business with that nigga because he wears a kufi or a, a, a fez on his head." You understand? I saw levels of ignorance that wasn't present prior a few years before. They had other issues but it didn't go as deep as that. I saw families that were disunited. And I'm really telling you the truth, bro. You feel what I'm saying? Let me you know what I'm saying is, and I've read, hold on, I've been reading comments on YouTube. I've been reading comments. I've been reading the vitriol. I've been reading the negativity. I've been reading the toxicness that some of these people get online and spread about you and your family, the Israelites and their families, Brother Natural Tahuti and his family. That's all their kind job, of man. Shit. Those are huh? the fucking evil niggas in the community. They doing their job, man. I mean, look, right, there's 10, there's 10 20,000 views and only 100 and something comments. You think everybody that's positive is making a comment? Those are the demons. Most of those niggas is writing a comment every time they see something positive to try to outshadow the positive comments, and they make that's theirs true. Yeah, they're wrong. they're doing their job, man. We, we put too much energy on the people doing their job. The point is if ISUPK is not teaching to do that in their community and I'm not teaching to do that in my community, then we know when I say these are invisible men, those people are doing their job. They they are trying to create dissension. You can't put that on the people for standing guard because if I were to ask you about your elder master cursing his ass off certain times or most of the time, if I ask you about your elder master doing lectures, bombing on other communities, he ain't doing debate, he stood there by himself bombing on other communities and been doing this for years when he finds he's exposing people. What is the difference between that and having someone at least present when I'm doing the bombing? You see, like, so how can that elder tell me I can't do a debate when he can and do a monologue and bomb on a nigga that's not present? You feel me? So yeah. I, I'm not right. saying he, he don't got the right. I'm not saying. I'm not, no, no, I, I, heard, I heard it very clearly. I know what was going on and how it doesn't work and it's not functional. It's not, but listen, this is what we say is working, and we got the audience enjoying it and appealing to it. So you know what? It may not be your cup of tea, but you still, let me show you something. If I know you got something coming up next week and I bring you in traditionally and you get your bread and you do your service to the community and we embrace it every time, I don't know, how, I don't know where we do this at. I don't know where you go up. You get a platform for us, and you get to knock us knowing our joint is coming the week after. 
Where they do that at? I don't know. I mean, we can make a password and say, yo, he was just passionate at that time. But let me do that when I know you got something the week after. That's like me trying to filibuster and diffuse as much momentum. When, yo, we talk on the phone every time. You never told me you felt like this. You didn't tell me directly. In fact, you told me you was going to participate if a certain nigga wasn't going to be participating. This is the truth. So, you see, I don't, I don't you know, I don't want to go into to, to those those waters because I, that, that other particular, that's my man. I said it a thousand percent. I never turned against him. I'm saying we have a difference in opinion, but I'm asking people be holistic in their approach as we make critique because I've seen monologues bombing on communities and people where it wasn't a debate. It was just one man talking about another person or people, and, and they get the pass because they're an elder. But then you could critique us and say what we're doing is harmful and it's bitter and it's turning people against each other. But when I can see an elder go at another brother in the community and read a, a person's mom's letter, you don't think that it's going to make people walk around and say, yo, yo, he aired him out. So you feel me? That's why I don't mess with that nigga. When I can see an elder go after a nation of Islam community and say, this is what's going on. You don't think that can also create dissension and have people walking the streets and saying, I don't mess with that person no more. You see, F those niggas. Those niggas is the white man's bitch. You see, so how can you turn around and tell us now when we do a debate, it's not right. It's causing dissension. And how can you support that idea? The first situation that you're talking about, I'm going to because the brother put his fucking oh, head on a tombstone. You understand what I'm saying? He put his face oh, on a tombstone. So what the brother had to do is defend himself oh, in a lecture. Okay. In a lecture. That brother could have showed up to the lecture if he wanted to because he knew that he was going to happen, man. Come on, right? I'm just saying, he could have came and he would have been present when the brother was defending himself, he already got attacked. And, the, and, and what would have happened to him would have happened to Sarnetta last weekend. It, he would have been made out to look rude and disrespectful for trying to talk during his time. Come on, man. We know this. Uh-huh. We know this. But I'm just know, saying, you can't, allow, you can't make concessions to mediocrity on one end and then not do it on the other. If wrong is wrong, then wrong is wrong. If we're going to call it wrong to disagree in a public platform and air somebody out, at least when the youth is doing it, we say, I, we smack each other with a glove and say, I'll see you at 3 o'clock on Sunday or such and such date. It's a do. At least we keep it a buck with each other. We don't get to drop on a nigga and, and put out our own thing without him pressing to even defend himself. And, and that, 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 that's, that has less malice than, than doing something individually because we both agree we're going to come in there and do what we do and do our work. That's less malice. The other one is more malicious, and I hear you. He had to defend himself, right? So maybe the youth should, should take certain things that we do and say amongst each other personal and just start airing each other out using the lecture as a platform. You see, it's never going to work unless, unless only certain elders can get away with it because when we do it, people are going to see this. Oh, y'all brothers got to stop doing that. They got to chill. You embarrassing the community. But when the elders do it, no, he had to do it to defend himself. That's not fair, fam. It, it shouldn't happen. If it shouldn't happen, then it shouldn't like happen. He's an elder who got attacked by somebody who was not an elder. And as somebody so let, so let that elder's somebody, goons on, get I'm that nigga, man. Huh? Let the elders goons get them, but don't don't put that shit on the on the on the community for us to bear witness to it and then critique us after you did it and say what we're doing is wrong. Come on, because I can make excuses as to why I gotta air somebody out. You're still gonna say it's wrong, right? You're still gonna do that. You're still gonna do it. Y'all gonna say it's wrong. I know you're gonna say it's wrong. So we we can't have a double standard. If the elders want us to behave a certain way, they're gonna have to take a punch in the chin sometime. 
And so they can say, yo, you remember when that brother was doing this, that, and the third to me? I, you see how I handled it? I went about it this way. But if you if you punch him back in the chin, we all looking at that as an example. Like, yo, we wasn't even doing that. We was talking to each other saying, we're going to meet on this date. Y- y'all, y'all off the hook, actually. So I'm looking like, that. we don't even do that shit. We, we say, I want to see you. Say, you know, like, you know what? Since you're talking, I'm talking. Let's see each other that day. Now we look at each other. I don't care. No one can tell me nothing. Seti and I are on the phone. We build. Sinetic even say this, man. He'll, he'll let you know that we was on the phone. Said he said, yo, anything that I said, if I was too out of line or I went too far and I offended you a certain way, my apologies, brother. And I spoke to him and I said the same thing. Like, yo, you know, we loud. We like, yo, we in the heat of the moment, the passion. We put that work in. We did get to say what we had to say. And then it gave people perspective. And guess what? You can talk about all the little uh, weirdos out there that want to keep people fighting. But I can tell you, I meet people that like Brother Seti, and they tell me, man, y'all love that debate. I fuck with both of y'all, man. I just got to, you know, give the youth more credit, man. We know how to make decisions, man. Give us more credit. People ain't walking around here. Y'all really making this shit sound like niggas is, you like, we like, we putting the drugs and the guns in the streets for doing debates. That's how this shit's starting to sell. Come on, man. Like, people are, uh, they feel this. They, they feel this dialogue. It's new, so it's, it's scary because it's new. And, it, and it's kind of outside of, of what people were traditionally used to going on. But nonetheless, it's effective, and all we have to do is refine it. And if people are going to throw more dirt on it and call it a pissing so contest, I'm going to tell you. Go ahead. I'm going to say one more thing, brother. I'm going to tell you something. Right. When I hear my elder at the top of the class say, I was expecting more people to come here. I'm disappointed. And then to turn around and say, you know why people are going to come to that event next week? See, for me, that tells me something totally different is going on here. Because I got it on video where I can see a man saying, I was expecting more people to be in here today. But you know why people going to go to that thing next week and then give people the reason why? You see, we all know what we would identify that as, as younger people. And when I hear another elder in the community, you know, repping his Islam or whatever and calling the debates a pissing contest that he once participated in, but then when he has a lecture, there's like 12 people and eight of them are his security, and when he come in for another lecture with another Moorish brother and only 30, 40 people are in there, but, but now the debate is a pissing contest, right? Nah, I know what it is. But you see, we should participate with each other and keep, you all, keep each other relevant. Instead of knocking when people got something good going for them, it got to be a catch. It got to be a pissing contest. It got to be they're using contentious. They gotta be, it got to be all of that. But you know what? Maybe people are coming to hear those people speak because they like those people. Maybe people do like the information and they like it in that package. Maybe that's people like those people. Maybe people like that information. Why it got to be all the shit on it when I know clearly it's coming from the fact that people are feeling a transition in the era, man. It's okay. It happens. It happens. Everyone got to get on the bench sometimes, man. It happens. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Very few people can be Kobe Bryant, man, and play for their own career. Do you agree that there has been some meaninglessness and some negativity that took place in the debate, in the the debate culture over the past few years? I will tell you this. Yes, and I will tell you that the positivity, the progressiveness, and the information – Always supersedes. Nah, my brother. We're not going to do this. We're not going to make it sound like... I'm not finished with my point. I'm just asking... No problem. I got no problem with you making a point. I'm not going to problem with you making a point, but I want to make sure an insinuation doesn't take place. And what I
than good because if there's a four-hour lecture Man, and something take place for 10, 12 minutes. Harm taking place. I asked you a question. I did not say anything about harm taking place. You don't even know what point I'm making. I'm not even. I don't know what point you're making. You I don't know. You know forgive me, talk. brother. Forgive me, brother. I so, happen to be a debater. Forgive me. So debating. I just didn't want no one to insinuate. It's not a debate. It is a debate. We disagree. I damn sure disagree with you. And what you're doing is that what we call an ad hominem in debating, which is a subtle character attack or uh, attack towards a particular movement or situation. It's called an ad hominem with people that's debating. So I just wanted to make sure, whether you're doing it directly or not, that I put on a record that if there is something meaningless, that is a no, matter of opinion. No, no, no. And in my opinion, when I did see something that I thought to be meaningless, it did not consume most of the debate time. It took place for a minuscule amount of time in contrast to everything that we can take from it. I'm sure there's parts in movies that we think is meaningless. But does it take away from the whole movie? It may hurt the movie a bit, but it don't take away from the whole movie. Before the debate, 
was to say, let's do the debate and let's show people we're going to work with each other afterwards and that we have the right to disagree as men, but we will be bitch-made if after we disagree we feel like I ain't talking to you no more. So after that debate, and only because of the debate, Malik Zulshabaz had worked with each other after the debate. And I even closed the event for the Million Youth March uh, previous to that date with Brother Seti and uh, uh, my man with the tattoos killed the baby on his head and everything. I uh, forgot his name. But uh, he my man, 100 grand, too. King Samir. You know what I'm saying? And, and I closed it that day. And then I even was part of the closure for the main event for the Million Youth March. So we work together as a collective. So there are great things to come from it. And everything that we've ever seen transpire that may have been negative, understand that these debates were being conducted primarily by people under 35 years and, and uh, younger. Then you have the 40 and, and younger club. You know, but most of these things are taking place from younger folks doing it. So you, that, that is expected. Don't sit on people that's young trying to make it happen. Come in, give us the critique, and let's keep it moving. But do you, are you not going to – I can't pretend I don't see elders doing weird things too. And then, and then turn around and then critique at me. I'm like, come on, man. I don't mind taking the critique. I don't mind. So I'm like, come on, we can't front. Some of our elders that we teach to be rough around the edges. And I think they fly for that because they give diversity to the community because everybody isn't going to be an angel or a prophet. So I, I think it's cool that we have that diversity and then people may have a different type of dialogue or different type of exchange. It's a form of art, and we should appreciate this as an art form. The ability to take complex information and present it to people with your vernacular is an art form. But don't knock other people's art form. Allow them to make their mutual exchange. If people are buying into the exchange, don't demean them or reduce them to a lower intellectual frequency because it is not your cup of tea. That is what I'm talking about as far as the community is concerned. Let's appreciate each other. Let's refine what we do through the criticism, whether we like the criticisms or not. We are intelligent enough to know what should be there and what should not be there. Nonetheless, the show must go on. But if those who are going to pass critique are to critique, then they should at times also be obliged to make subscriptions to their own criticism. That's what they should do. We should make no excuses for it. That's how I feel about that situation. You know, I got Indeed. I got sound on the on the line with me. I don't can he have permission to also share? You said what now? I have Sarnetta on the line with me. I want to know if he has permission to share. Yeah, I think that we've exhausted, you know, this aspect of the conversation. You know what I'm saying? It's dropping all along. I think it's a major point. They don't want Sarnetta to talk. They don't want Sarnetta to talk. Nah, you say what you got to say, but I'm saying, this is red, this Bluefield, and in regards to what I heard, I think that it was sufficient to make your case. You know what I mean? So, I want to get yeah, into the topic I, I agree. I agree 100% with my brother Polite, what he was saying. And if the elders had any problem with what we're doing, why are they scared to come in to give proper guidance? Instead of criticizing it, Phil Valentine got my number. All of the elders got my number. You see what I'm saying? Why hasn't Phil called me personally? I was in a room with Phil yesterday or Sunday by ourselves for a long time. He ain't say one word to me. Why would you wait until we get into the public and try to disrespect what we got or disrespect me when you know that I'm not one to sit there and just let you get away with that foolishness? Because if you are an elder, then you got to be treated as an elder. You got to come and bring that same energy that you would want us to look up to you and respect you with. 
You can't get in there and start saying, Saul, you making money off contention. You doing that when you're charging the people $35,000, $3,500 just to come in the door damn lecture. Or when you want or when you want somebody to pay you a thousand dollars just to talk to you on the phone. How the hell can I tell you about what I'm making? Come on, man, that's a goddamn hypocrite. And I call the nigga name out. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a damn. Yo, stop, stop, let's keep it energy a hundred, man, because that's how my energy flows. I no doubt. I want to keep it a hundred because I still respect and embrace uh, Reverend Doctor Phil Valentine, and I don't want to create a situation without him being present on the phone. To, uh, I don't want to go into his character without him being present. That's the only reason I didn't mention people's names, really. A lot is because I would like them to be present, and then this may not be the platform to have that dialogue. I just want right, to express. Right. I feel you. I feel you, brother. Hey, I'm gonna say, one last like point. Sunday, if you against, one last point. One last point. If you against the debate, why would you put the time out to debate me Sunday? If you against it, but go ahead, Polite. Go ahead. I I appreciate you, brother. Exactly. Yeah. So I, can I, I can I finish my point before we wrap this thing up? No, no, no. The point is finished. The point is finished. The point is finished. We here tonight is called the have and the have not. Irregardless, what y'all talking about is how somebody feels. I could give a fuck how somebody feels at this point behind closed doors. Were you supposed to talk about it? You dig what I'm saying? So we're here talking about economics. The people that showed up, that's what they want to know about, what's popping with these economics. Let's talk about that. You feel me? And that, and what, I don't know this respect to nobody no doubt. and their platform or their opinions. I'm just saying, these are personal things that are some, like the Tahuti shit had me really understand it. We need to spend a lot more time behind closed doors, man, dialoguing as men, getting the finer things that we could get out of the way in private, get that shit out the way in private. Why does everything take place in public? And then right, we are amazed about how the public day, You allow him to air people out and talk against it, but then when somebody want to come and try to defend it, now you don't want to talk about that. But he was on your show, not, I mean, last week, and he was airing people out on the debates and stuff. But you ain't saying nothing to fail, yo, brother. We don't need no, to do that, no, brother. No, 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 no. You know, you ain't do that. Come on, man. We got to stop he, being band riders he and dick riders and be men made, and be fucking men, he made brother. He may have made a statement about how he felt about something, and that was part of his dialogue. He didn't make any personal attacks on one, and it wasn't a diatribe. He wasn't going on and on. He hit it as a point, and he kept it moving. You know what I'm saying? And he's been expressive on other platforms about how he feels about the situation. This is not a secret, and it ain't no come secret. out of left field. We know how you he feels about the situation. Men. You know, we called him to come and sit down on the judge's bench to give us some guidance, and he turned it down. How the hell are you going to turn it down, but then you want to criticize what the young people out there doing? That's just crazy. He turned it down. Well, the reason why he turned it down is the reason why he criticized the side that. That's why he turned it down, because he didn't want to be a part of that. And why well, do you feel like there's somebody holding on? Well, this is what I'm saying. Not he's not on the phone, so we should just move forward, because he's not on the phone to represent his view. And, exactly. you know, I, I think it fits the haves and the have-nots, and I know why it fits. That's why when I was hearing the discussion before I came on about it, I was compelled to integrate it with the haves and the have-nots because I was having this, this discussion with a brother that seen me on the street and was asking me about what was that that took place at that lecture. Yesterday, I thought all of y'all was cool. 
I wasn't feeling that. That's what the brother told me on the street. And I had a nice discussion with him, and I told him today's show's about the haves and the have-nots. And we started building. He said, will you bring it up? I said, no, nah, I'm going to keep it going. Then I hear something about it when I'm here. I'm like, I can't get away from it. So I said, I would integrate it with it. But what I want to express is Phil is not on the phone. That's my man, 100 grand. We wouldn't be where we at right now if people like himself didn't pioneer in this movement to do what he had to do. So with that said, uh, I don't want to denigrate his character in any capacity because it will happen if he's not here as we keep uh, contemplating about things he may have felt or says, I, I want to move from it before I become part of something I don't want to be part of out of respect to him. You know, I have my disagreements, and I'm done with that. I want to move forward and really start speaking on the, the, to the extent of the theme of the show today, if, if I'm granted that right of opportunity, but I'm not trying to undermine the host of the show either. So I, I'll be humble to see where we're going right now. Yes, opportunity is granted. Please continue. All right. So, so when I speak... Sardinetta? Yeah. Right. He's there. I'm sure he is. I don't... I think he's there. Sardinetta, you're doing a wonderful so, job. Please continue, brother. Please, brother. No doubt. So, yes, wh- indeed. what I want to say as far as the have and the have-nots is twofold. The have and the have-nots is in regards to what's in our community, where some people have in the community, and then there's other people that have not. And this complex comes or has its inception from since times of antiquity where we, prior to our diaspora, were blessed to be in a part of the world that we call the continent, that we call Mother Africa, okay? We were blessed to be in a part of the world that reaped in abundance the world's most highly on-demand organic and inorganic commodities, to such extent that there would be no true reason for that which we may identify as an African today, back in that time, to even have to leave the continent. People will come to our continent, to our home, and notice or come to the realization that they have not. We were the haves. We had it all. In fact, we had so much. All we could do is be spiritual because... That in spirituality, it had its infinity. And what I mean by that is when we have diamonds massively accessible and we have rubies and gems massively accessible, what in turn happens is we, we appraise that which is within as having higher value than that which is without. I say this to say that if we can take ourselves back some thousands of years where diamonds grow or are formed and are accessible like apples, accessible like mangoes. When we're looking at rubies and gems and we see that they are in abundance, just like bananas, there would be no reason to set such a high stake and value on those things. All you could possibly do with all those things in abundance and rubber the rubber trees that grow in Africa that the Almecs brought over here to California in 459 AD. All we could conceptualize about was that which was within. And in that, that would allow and accommodate for a vast amount, an indefinite amount of contemplation, a reservoir of truths that would go unlimited because it never stops what you can learn once you turn yourself inside out. 
But when you come into the outer world, where we were blessed to be born on the stage of Africa, where we had to come to the realization that, you know what? This ain't even that deep to me. But people came to our land and said, yo, look at these shiny things. They saw that bling and they was going crazy. Like, yo, can we get that? They try to cheat us for it. They try to trick us for it. We like, hold that. Because this is everywhere. This gold, you see this right here? It's blowing out the ground. You go to Ghana, it's called the Gold Coast for a reason. They got mud houses that if you extract the content from the mud, you're going to wind up with gold. People's houses are literally made of gold within the confines of the mud that they make their houses out of in Ghana. So, for us, originally, we put a higher appraisal on the spirit because we had everything accessible. And the have-nots came and calcified the spirit because it was like, yo, flowers don't even grow where we at. Weeds don't even really grow where we at. So we, we got an interest in this. Okay, and then we were duped into thinking that this is the most highly esteemed and appraised material or commodity on the planet. And inside of that, we lost ourselves. I say the remedy today is for us to have so we can relieve ourselves of that desire, of that allure, of that form of enticement. We have to have so we can let it go. That's the only reason I want to talk to people about economics. That's the only reason I want to give people the drive to have. I want you to have the drive to have so you can simply let it go. But so long as we don't have as a people, we're always going to try to take away from each other. So if I have something good going for me and someone in my community has not, they may feel it suffice to have issues with the one that has. And this comes from your oppressor being embedded into your psychology because you've been raped for years and you have his mentality now. You've been raped for years and years and years. Your mama has been raped for several generations. You, Unfortunately, as much as you may hate the devil, you may be part of him or he part of you. You're looking outside for the devil. This is the biggest problem. That's why I be talking to people about all the time. You're looking outside for the devil. It's inside of all of us, like it or not. If you say that you were kidnapped and brought to this land, it's inside of you. And all of us struggle with it every day. No one is above this reality. And we display it and we express it, especially during contentious times. And we have to go within ourselves and bear witness to this. And this is where I started the conversation from, where I said, I had to take time and introspect because I got to a place in my mind and in my heart where I didn't want to deal with people again. I didn't care for people again. I wanted to be by myself. Things were taking place and it was taking place real fast and all at one time because that's normally how it happens. And in that state, I become overwhelmed. And we wasn't trained on how to deal with these type of crises. But what killed me the most is the death of members of my family. That hurt me. And more than one at a time and one in my household, it hurt me. And at that point, I went with because I didn't feel I can go out and I can talk to people and say, man, I'm down. I'm not even feel like moving my legs. I get up and I'm trying to study. I'm trying to read. I'm trying to write. I want to go out to teach. But the second I start thinking about it, I go back and I'm tired and I'm drained. So I decided I was going to come out one day and I'm going to talk to people. And when I decided to talk to people because my eyes was red, 
They said I was on drugs, and these are the people I wanted to share what was going on in my life so I could, I could relieve myself of it just by venting my frustrations, venting my discontentment, and, and in turn accepting the life cycle for the people I wanted to extend this love to. I, I felt I was being attacked by them, but I had to come to terms and realize those people that were attacking me were not my people. But I took it, I took offense. People didn't see me for a while, and they said, man, yo, I heard the feds came and got him, and they, they got him in his house in New Jersey. You said, he's good for that nigga, you know? I'm like, yo, I don't even have a house in New Jersey, first of all. And meanwhile, while I'm in a state of mourning, instead of people saying, yo, I hope the brother's okay, they assumed the worst in me. They assumed the worst. And I thought those were my people. So I was hurt by it. And I said, here it is. I sacrificed my youth for these people. And this is what they do to you when they see red eyes. This is what they do to you when they don't hear from you for a month or so. They assume the worst but don't realize I'm having problems dealing with the life cycle. Myself, and no matter how much you teach, when you're used to hearing someone's voice one day after the other, it can kill you. And you need your friends and you need your family to hold tight. And when I was taught, friends walk in when others walk out. But it was hard. To come out here. And then when you look at Brother Taudi and him and I was about to get into some drama. And he made a video about me going in on me, going at me. All because I said, man, you got to take a drug test. You and out. He can't even get 50 people combined. I'm not doing the debate. He calling when I'm doing my thing. Tell me I'm scared. So when I throw a little jab at him, he mad. He do a video. You arrogant. You egotistical. You came up. You think you're Man, it got crazy. I said, man, you do another video. It's going to be a problem. He's like, man, my credibility in the streets, man, we gonna, I'm going to get you. I see it's some nigga shit. We really start talking on the phone. So I never got the two of us on the phone. So I said, Tyler, I can't put up no video. You going against him. I'm going to look. I'll be dealing with both of you brothers. I talked to him after a half hour into the conversation, only to find out that my brother lost his, his apartment. He, was, he lost his job. He loved his daughter, his family commitment, and he was overwhelmed, and he felt like he had something. He played an integral role in my come up. He remembered when I came into this community, and he felt like he was helping me in a certain capacity, and I can't take that from him, and that's how he felt. So he's like, yo, I'm hurting, and you just moving. You elevating it. You leaving me here, and I'm, I'm going through it. So I'm like, yo, Seth, you never even told me you was going through it. I had to find out through a video you angry with me when you got my phone number. But as we talk, we come to realize it's hard to come out and talk to people in this community. Because when you down, put you further. And the good people, they don't speak up enough. We good to say some critics. We good to give critique every day of the week. Nigga, you should do this. Nigga, you got to do this better. Yo, what about this? Yo, you got to do that better. We good for that. But how much times do we go out of our way and say, I appreciate what you do? I love what you do. And I want you to know, in the event you feel in over your head, I reach my hand out to you. How many people on this line right now is going to call in and say, my brother, if you ever feel overwhelmed, if you ever feel like quitting, I reach my hand out to you. You see, you think this leadership come easy? You're the subject of criticism when you start standing up there and telling people, I know something you may not know. You are the subject of criticism, and it goes so far, so far, that they go after your family, not even knowing that one of the family members they're going after died. You have no idea what it's like. Try to make an effort 
only for your own people that you look up to, to try to embarrass you. They call it criticism. They call it, I, I, I just feel like they're doing the wrong thing. But the manner in which they disagree, when you're already going through trying times, it can kill you from the inside. And you still try to teach it to people. And they all try to speculate. <laughs> you're not real. It's fake. I don't believe I've been hurt already, so I'm sure he's going to try to hurt me too. You have no idea the strain on your family when they see, your children see how the community that you talk so high of do you dirty. And they asking, how come we can't go to the movies today? Because you want to teach those niggas that's constantly attacking you. Why do we have to sacrifice our fun? So you can teach people that don't give a fuck about you. And I always say there's somebody good in that crowd. Baby, don't worry about it. And when they got to read online and see niggas constantly attacking, it makes you want to digress. It makes you want to respond to your low emotion. It makes you want to quit. Because these were the people who believe in God. These are your Israelites that believe in your Holocaust. These are your Muslims that believe in the law. But all you have to do is disagree with them. And it don't matter if you do it respectfully. It don't matter if you do it disrespectfully. It don't matter if you do it humbly. They treat you like you ain't even shit because you won't submit to their doctrine. Then you want me to follow your God. But look how you treat me just because I disagree. And my children are watching and saying, I don't want to fuck with that. I thought I wanted to be conscious until I seen this shit. And you can't stop it. And you try to do it different ways. You try to debate. You try to do lectures. You just try to put out a book. But they keep on coming. They keep coming with the negativity. And there's no stopping it. So you got to decide if, if this is really for you. If you got the skin to really do this shit. Or should you just leave it alone? Because somebody's going to die in the process. And it's either going to be the hater or it's going to be the leader. And most times the leader dies. We kill them all the time. Because they're just trying to make an honest effort. And everything is always taken out of context. It's always taken for something that is not. Like we don't go through shit in our own house. And they can't wait until your wife leaves you. And they celebrate when your baby dies. But then they ain't there to hold your hand. They make up stories like someone leave you and they're still with you. But just to see how they felt when they thought your wife left you, just to see them celebrate when they thought your wife left you, it kills you. Because your children are watching and saying, why should I follow you, Dad? I see what you're going through, and you're trying to be strong in front of us, Dad. But I know it kills you. And we just don't understand why you're making the sacrifice and why they don't see your sacrifice. Because 30-year-olds on Saturday get drunk, smoke weed, and try to have sex. But you are writing a book to prepare for a lecture. And all they can do is say that you're just trying to make contentions. Like you don't spend hundreds upon hundreds of dollars buying books to try to find the best information to qualify it the right for you to give it in your dissertation because you only got 40 minutes to say what you got to say. So you got to pick the best out of what you research and you spend countless hours of money, countless hours of time 
to put this into perspective. And you can't get appreciation for the effort. It's something else. And when you brush your eyes and you only had 15, 20 people listening to you, and now you got four, 500 people coming out, you can't get the credit. You can't get the credit. And when superstars join the community, people try their best to contact them, to knock you. They just can't give you the credit. They can't give you the credit. This is what we become. The have-nots are out of control. They're out of control. And the shit that we picked up from slavery, but it kills people inside. So one time, what he was going through, he's going through, and then he told me all the shit that was going on with him. I conceded. And I let him know some of my story. And I had to let the brother know, you're not the only one going through something. And you're not the only one that feel like you can't reach out to these people in this community. It's a shame. Because these are the people that are supposed to be the elite. These are the X-Men. These are the people that say, we are conscious. We know more than everybody that's not conscious. My family is lost. I'm found. These are the Allah worshipers. These are the Jesus worshipers. These are the Osiris worshipers. These are the, the comedic subscriptions. These are the people following the 42 negative confessions. These are the people that took their shahada. These are the people that took their baptism. These are the people that observed the Sabbath. These are the people that follow Dr. Ben, follow Dr. Clark, quote, shake out the ear. These are the people that follow Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, follow Minister Louis Farrakhan, follow Dr. York. But let you say something they disagree with. They can't even appreciate your trying. They can't allow you to make mistakes. They can't allow you to make errors. They tear you down. And it, because you come out wearing a smile every day that you don't hurt, that it don't kill you. But you understand if you give them too much tears, they only fucking try to kill you more. This is our people. So when you say, yo, the debates is this, that, and the third, I need, uh, I need that for them. It's the only time I could, I could, I could get it off my chest so I don't hurt somebody. I know I need it. It's therapeutic. I need it. I got a lot on my mind. I feel strong about my convictions. It's not good for the elders. They might catch a fucking heart attack fucking with me. But I need it. It's therapeutic. I need it. I'm not there to attack nobody. But it's therapeutic. I need a place to be heard. It's art. I need a forum to share how I feel and get it off with that passion. Because you have no idea until you stand up and you try to teach your own people after years of slavery. You have no idea how they deal with you. You have no idea what they take from you and leave you out there like you're the fucking criminal. You have no idea when you try to create something powerful for your people and they come into the community for ulterior motives and they take advantage of you and the plague is put on you when they get to leave. After they fucked you over, you have no idea what a man has to go through to lead his people after all these years of oppression. And you know the main reason everyone's knocking you is because they're poor and they see you as coming up. It's the main reason, and they call it so much other things. 
and they tried to talk to people, and no one showed up, and that's why they hate you. And they tried to make money in this community, but no one would pay or patronize, and that's why they hate you. And because you have women, and they're having problems getting one, that's why they hate you. And now they tell you, you're not supposed to be proud of the money you make, because you have. You're not supposed to be proud because the women you have. Because you have. So they sit there praying on your demise, hoping you lose your homes, hoping you lose your wives, hoping you lose your money. And you got to feel this resonating from people that smile in your face. You got to watch it on videos for people who boast about it proud. You got to hear the speculations and see people celebrating about things that's not true and say to yourself, if it were true, you would be happy. But I'm fighting to make you better. It's a lot. It's a lot. We should spend more time embracing each other. It is a lot. So get criticized, criticism, critique. You think we strangers to it? I'll tell you what I'm a stranger of. Good job, my brother. I'm a stranger to that shit. Can't hear it enough. Because all I got to do is go online and see the criticism. All I got to do is watch how we interface with each other and see what we do to each other. And then I'm supposed to be inspired the next day to come out and smile on people. Man, he smiled too much. What do you want me to do? Show you how I really feel inside. Show you how I really feel inside. You ain't see what they did to Dr. York. You haven't learned about what they did to Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. You haven't seen what they did to Noble Juali. You haven't seen... You haven't seen? You don't think I know what direction I'm going in? You don't think I've seen the signs? Do you know how much I've managed to accomplish in the last year? So all people got to do is try to throw shit everywhere. But New Colony just got a phone for the community. Thanks to Metal World Peace. As I helped him get the property, he said, man, thank you so much. I share half of it with the community. On the strip, you got it. It's such a cheap price. Damn. So now we got our own farm, but you ain't going to hear about that. You ain't going to hear about that. And Ramsey just joined us. Super Bowl champ from the Giants just joined us. So we got an NBA champion in New Covenant. We got a football champion in New Covenant. We got a big-time producer, the Tyler Perry of cartoons, and 50 Cent cartoon that he's working on, about to be put on Fox. He done did the boondocks. He did Black Dynamite. When Beanie Siegel was supposed to have his cartoon, state property before he got locked up, they went to him as well. And he's New Covenant, Carl Jones. And I can actually have a meeting coming up with them and other celebrities to talk to them about impacting people's lives for the better. The same fucking people that started destroying me every day. Stupid shit. And I got the goal, the audacity, like I ain't smart enough to open up a chicken spot and just make make money off of niggas. You think I'm making money off of niggas? If I open up a chicken spot, I will make money off of niggas. You think I'm making money off of niggas? I can open up a hair salon and a nail salon. I didn't have to try to open up a bookstore in the fucking ghettos of Chicago and the wild, wild hundreds. making money off of niggas? Are you kidding me? And I got the audacity 
to be in discussions with a, a, a Dr. Sebi and trying to organize things? Do you know what they've done to Dr. Sebi? You think as a young man I want to have the same shit done to me? You think as a young man I don't see the signs that it would be done to me and people will celebrate? I'm watching people celebrate about Dr. Savy's situation. The man that cured me. I wouldn't even be alive today if it wasn't for him. He cured me of diabetes. You don't think it tears me apart that people can't remove themselves of their issues they have with that black man and let the mission go forward? They got to fuck with the mission. It makes me want to be violent. And I know I'm not supposed to be, but I got to fight with myself every day. I got to suppress the crip nature inside of me. Every day I see shit not right in the conscious community. I want to do the wrong thing. It's not a day it don't enter my mind where I just want to give it the fuck up and go hard on niggas. That's fucking up the community. But I know it's not the right way. But how do you do this shit when you see what direction you're heading towards? I see the truck coming. I know the light is not in my favor, but I'm still compelled to walk in the fucking street knowing the conscious niggas is the truck about to hit me. They ain't going to press the brakes. They're not. And I'm going to tell you, if the light is in my favor, they're still going to try to run the light. That's where we at today. And we're doing everything in our power, from radio shows to lectures. And the niggas that criticize won't come out and teach. They won't. So this shit is scary. You, you think gangbang is scary? should try a day in a conscious community teaching. Actually get people to actually buy into what you say. Then the shit gets scary. You see the worst type of shit come out of people when you teach the truth. You see the worst. The worst come out of your people when you teach the truth. The have-nots. Always blaming somebody. Always blaming somebody. And you give them a doctrine. And you say, you know, I may disagree with most of the damn community, but I don't believe in the devil you tell me about. I believe it existed within us all. And I struggle and I fight with my own demons day to day. We all got it. I'm just wise enough to say I have it. Everybody else can fight. But we all have it. But so long as you keep saying that damn devil exists outside of you, you a dangerous nigga. You a very dangerous man. Thinking that devil's outside of you, you are dangerous. And you are what I call harm's way. Because there's no telling you. You will contemplate, you'll be so self-nourished and so self-deceptive that you will contemplate that everything you do is for the benefit of the universe. That's how that happens. So I say to myself, I won't fool myself. I have to go inside and I have to do serious work. And the way I try to get my work off is through contributing to the community through information. I write books that even if you don't buy into our services, you can still use the information to go out there and be somebody. That's how they're written. They're written twofold. Come commit yourself to the services we offer in New Covenant or just use the information and be on your path. Nonetheless, the information that's been shared and I try to put in as much coherent fashion as possible, I'm releasing book number 85. As I have a signature whenever I do a lecture, I release a book. I'm doing that this Sunday at the National Black Theater, June 22nd. So I'm just saying to y'all out there, I apologize for the emotion if it take you off course, but it's a lot. I haven't even been on a speaking platform that much. I went to Canada to try to shake myself out of the situation. And when I went to Canada, those people received me so well. They reminded me why I do this. Because sometimes we, we, we overlook the loaf for some crumbs. 
you could put a whole loaf on the floor, buy some pigeons, but they'll be picking at the crumbs, and that's what we become in the conscious community. There's a whole loaf right there. That's our salvation, but we fucking with the crumbs. And I'm over there, and I'm saying, man, I'm over here tripping because of the few people, the, the small group of agitators. I'm tripping. Yeah, it bothers me from time to time. They can hear it. It do bother me. And it should bother me because I expect better from old people. It should bother me. You don't even have a clue. When you start seeing the signs of the times of people trying to bring you down because of your momentum. I don't know how much organizations is out there that can tell you year to year what celebrity is joining. Members of New Communists is like, yo, this feels great. And I've got the damn audacity to be having a meeting this coming week. I have the audacity to invite them out to the debate so people can see them so they can be proud of our successful brothers and sisters coming in. And that's just, that's just to get the younger people to engage and say they are here, so why wasn't you here? That's, that's for all sorts of psychological purposes, for our betterment. But I've got the audacity to say let us all have a meeting because y'all have the resources. Let's put something together that's better for our people. I've got the nerve to do this. After what I've been through for the past several months, just trying to cope and seeing what people will do if they don't see you because I'm so consistent. I'm always running around. I'm in this, I'm in that state, and I take two months off, and I got kidnapped by the feds. And even now people say the feds are looking for me when I got flyers up saying where I'm going to be. Are you kidding me? I got ran out of town. That's why you don't come. Are you serious? Are you serious? Kidding? What, you thought I really was just not going to pop up no more? You're celebrating that? Who's going to do what I do? Everybody is here for a reason. We got to appreciate each other's gifts. It's not knocking each other, man. Who's going to do what I do? I'm doing my best to be an inspiration for people that came out of gang culture, for people that grew up without their mother or people that grew up without their father, a combination of both, because I have. Y'all know my story. My father left me at age eight. My mom died the week that I met her when I turned 17. She died of diabetes. She died of cancer. I only knew my mother for seven days of my life as a 17-year-old. I was homeless, man. I had a gun put to my mouth at age 13 for a man stealing my chain. Didn't even have diamonds in it. Just had diamond cuts. And it was a 40, 35-year-old man put that gun in my mouth, and I still got a chip tooth to this day. And in turn, I joined the gang. Went fucking nuts. Locked up for murder. Blessed to be out here to this very day. Then locked up again for attempted murder. I say it because people say it about me all the time. Oh, you're listening to a murder? Malcolm X was a pimp, nigga. Elijah Muhammad was into fraud. Dr. York and, and the fraud of law, they was gang members. Dr. York was known as psycho in the gang. So what you telling me, man? It's a reason why your leaders come out of the month and admire to talk to you because when they speak, it resonates with you because you know it's coming from a place where, that you call home. A nigga could just read the books all he want and sound good and have the vernacular and be an ability to articulate, but until he's been in the fire, he will never be able to reach the people. You got to be in the hell's fire so you can tell the people that's not where you need to be. That's not where you want to go. But they got to hear it from somebody that's been there. So how dare you condemn somebody? That, that, that fell on hardships and shortcomings. But there was no information accessible when it was on the streets. But you just want to kick people when they down, man. And that's that have-not mentality. And I'm telling the people that have, don't be ashamed that you have. When I talk to the brothers and sisters in the community that's of a higher tax bracket, 
you know, they are in pain. They hurt because of the criticism they get just because they're successful. It is assumed that they are Illuminati. It is assumed that they don't care about black people just because they're successful. But they have trials and they have tribulations too. And all the reports of all the money that people say that they have, those are very generic reports. The tax man normally takes about 50% of whatever is recorded that they get. You have no idea what our successful black men and women have to go through. They have an untold story, and the conscious community got to stop kicking the halves. They got to stop attacking the halves because you're shooting yourself in the foot because one instant you want them to help you, and another instance you condemn them because of their success. So which one is it going to be? If they are astray, we should educate them to come back home. You don't attack them and think they'll come home after the attack. What are we thinking here? And you guys are the ones reading all the books. And you guys are the ones quoting all of the scholars. But you couldn't put two and two together to realize you got to package your conversation differently to reach your people. But you think it's all such, some chicks are now took the stars into getting into the community? Seriously? I know what I'm doing. I, I kick a doctrine that speaks to everybody. It's called economics. And I know despite what God we pray to, we all need some money. I don't care what you say. We all need resources. And we don't need it for materialistic reasons. We need it for materialization rights. We got conceptions, and we need to see our conceptions materialize. We need the resources to materialize our conceptions. So this is not about materialistic things. This is about materialization matter. That's what this is about. This is about having an idea that's intangible, that's incorporeal, can't be touched. It's purely mental in essence, and they're making it manifest a year or two afterwards. That's what this is about. Right. I implore right. you to join New Covenant. NewCovenantPlus.com. We're going to be at the event. Come see us in person. Shake my hand. Let me give you a hug. You on this line? Say that you say that you love somebody. Say you love the pill. Say that you love Nodalette. Say that you love Phil Valentine. Be precise why you love the man so much. No more fucking hatred being spewed amongst each other no more, man. Just give it a break. We got to go on a fucking fast for 30 days of negativity. And anybody who say something negative, shut them out the fucking community, man. Good or bad, whether it's relevant or not, we need a 30-day Fast of positive thoughts. You know, my house, we go through silent fast. That's it. That's when we don't speak for X amount of time. That you don't, uh, it brings you back into yourself. It draws you back into yourself. Sometimes you got to have silent fast where you don't speak for X amount of hours out the day or for a day or two. You'd be surprised what takes place when you don't speak for two or three days. You'd be surprised. You got to go on a, a positivity fast or a negativity fast, pardon me. You got to act from negative thoughts. Abstain from listening to them. Abstain from sharing them. We got to start doing this. Man, we need to create a cultural event around nobody say nothing negative, whether it's taking place or not. See how the community will change overnight, man. We got to stop this, man, because the people that want to help, we have been so accustomed and so acclimated to doing things the wrong way that we have every time people want to help, we turn them away from our behavior and from our energy and from our attitude. I know, personally, I've been, I've been tried and, and contemplated just leaving it alone at what people would call the peak of my success and getting attention. I had to come back down and rationalize within myself why I even want to do this. Can I take it anymore? You have to have tough skin to be a leader. I'm telling you, you have to have tough skin. This is what we're trying to teach the youth. Take, take the attack. So my brother on stage, when he get at me or whatever, though we're not making it personal, 
It's teaching me how to take it. It's what we got to go through because it's a rough world out here. And, it, and, it, and it's not right just based on a different genre, based on a certain level, level of edification. I can understand why it's not right. But I can also tell you why in my world is needed. I need to be pushed. I, I got to learn how to take it because they're going to come harder. The more successful I get, the harder they're going to come. So I've got to be able to accept that and assimilate that and just know I have to have tough skin. And if you want other people to be leaders in this community, you have to make them go through the shit. That is what we call the black community. First, before they can take on this so-called devil out there, if you can deal with your own people, you can deal with the world. I'm going to tell you that now because we're the hardest on ourselves. We should be harder on other people, but we're hard on each other. Hard. We don't give no pass for nothing. As though we're the ones that enslaved each other all these years. As if we're the ones that set up the liquor store all these years. As if we're the ones that oppressed each other and gave each other these religious doctrines to keep us separate all these years. We didn't do that to each other. Not all of us, not most of us, not over here in no Americas, I would tell you, but we treat each other like we are responsible for the hells that we live in every day, the haves and the have-nots. We got to be able to make a distinction. And I'm going to tell you, I told you about Africa and having all the resources and so much abundance, take that into consideration because I'm going to tell you something about that. The reason why they were so spiritual was because they had. So what I'm telling you, that never left. You are the product of those ancestors. So you must know what you already have before you acquire physical resources. Our biggest problem is we get overwhelmed by not having. We think we don't have, but you got everything you need. Because universally, you are strong-minded enough, and and you have so much potential that all you have to do is think it into existence, and you'll be magnetized to that what you need. The only way it won't come is if you're not deserving or you have self-doubt or you're sharing your ideas with people that are naysayers that infer doubt. But if you have these contemplations of what you need in order to strive, in order to, if you need a catalyst to make you come up, all you have to do is divert your attention into yourself, divulge into yourself. Go into contemplation as to why you need it. Subjectively think about why you need it. Then objectify that means. And it doesn't matter if you don't have the money. It doesn't matter if you don't have the friends. It doesn't matter if you don't have the support. You will magnetize yourself to the success that you are deserving of so long as you don't doubt. That's what this is about. Materialize your conceptions. There's no price value on it. It's all about potential. Your biggest currency as black people is your spirit. That is your greatest currency. And the second we start confiding in that spirit, we will have abundance. They got you looking at all the wrong places for money. All the wrong places. It's within you. You can have whatever you need once you contemplate on it. It's real. Brother. At yes, this sir. time, I want to uh, pause for this meditation. And um, you've been having a show based on tones and tonality, language. Our brother Buddha thinks bringing forth this new information, this point of new term, you know, telling the people they're logo sapiens. You know, everything is the word. And one particular night, Paula called in, and he was speaking about you and, and you brought forth and he was he was speculating should I say he's like I know that brother does mantras man I know that brother be doing mantras and I was like when I first met Polite I remember them Saturday morning classes on Utica Ave when 
we used to go into the tonality, you know, the meditation mantras that she used to do. She's like, man, that shit is otherworldly. Where, where, where's them sounds coming from? If you be meditating and you hear other voices come in, you know? So, with the spirit of that, like I said, I want to go into these meditations. Um, I want the family to focus on sending some positive energy to our brother for light. Okay, I want us to envision that white light around the brother, protecting him, uplifting him. We want to send our condolences to you and your family, you know, for your loss. And I want to definitely, you know, set a different tone, even in regards to sending some light around you and your family for protection as well as love. All right, family? So that's what we're going to get into now, y'all. We're going to get into this meditation real quick. And when we come back, we do have hands up. All right, we're going to go to the callers, and we're going to go directly to the family to hear from y'all, okay? All right, brother? So we're going to take this short intermission, a short meditation break, and we will be back shortly. All right, family, you know the drill. We'll see you shortly on the other side. Good morning, Oh, 
and come up with something um, more valuable. And it's been working, you know. It works. And then outside of that, I just play with my baby girl and just have fun. Because she looks up to me so much. And she's always she's always been, she just, she's been like the light of my life, man. She's my whole world. My daughter, my aunt. She's just like, she's powerful, man. I, I'm so blessed with her presence, how her having been born. She's an amazing spirit. Uh, this is a girl that hasn't cried the first three years of her life and hasn't eaten the first three years of her life unless it was from her mother's nourishment. And um, she's just a phenomenal being. This is a multilingual child since four years old, and she's an inspiration to me that no matter where I'm wrong at, I've done something right, and she gives me reason to aspire to do more. Yeah. Yes, indeed, brother. There are a lot of hands up. Take some of these calls, knock some of this out. You go to call it's a phone six call. Six I'm going to call back because I'm going through a tunnel because I just decided to drive home. No doubt. All right. Let's go to caller from the 602-586. Call up. Peace. Yo, peace. Can you hear me? Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Polite, can you hear me, bro? Yes, sir. <clears throat> Yo, uh, you don't know me, bro. But Blue know me, and I big you up every time. And Sam, if you don't know what you be doing, let me tell you what you be doing, my nigga. You a legend, dog. You understand? You a legend. Don't ever fucking cry for the weak shit again, bro. You a legend, my nigga. I ain't never seen. I don't even have a frame of reference for you, bro. You understand? Don't drop no more fucking tears for none of these niggas, dog. You are a fucking legend. We the same age. You got 30, uh, 85 books, bro. You got four wives and they all bad. Niggas never seen that before. You understand? You a freak of nature. Niggas have <laughs> never seen that shit, dog. They don't have a frame of reference for it. When you look at the comments, niggas calling you a pimp, niggas calling you this, that, and the third, everything, and you be fresh on these niggas, you don't be dusty conscious, you ain't walking around chewing tree bark and all that wild shit. You out here looking like the young niggas, dog. I'm not going to sit up here and fake with you. You are a fucking legend, dog. Transcend, my nigga. You are not a slave to none of these niggas. You are a global citizen, dog. Niggas need you in Brazil. Niggas need you in Africa. Niggas need you in Paris. If niggas in New York ain't feeling you, fuck New York, dog. Straight like that. You belong to the world, homie. You are a fucking legend, my nigga. Don't cry for these niggas. You don't owe them nothing. You was born and nobody gave you shit. You are a fucking genius, my nigga. You understand? You're supposed to be with Oprah getting them billions, my nigga. Osho got paid. Deepak Chopra got paid. Brian Tracy, Wayne Dyer, all them niggas get paid for being conscious. And consciousness is being happy. It's not fucking books. It's not fucking pyramids. It's about being happy. You sitting here crying, man, I'm pissed off. I take that personally, like, yo, because if you was anybody else, if you was Mexican, if you was Chinese, if you was white, niggas would never see you again. You would be in a Pentagon somewhere. Right. That's some key shit, dog. 
Yo, you are not a slave, my nigga. Don't go out like Malcolm. Peace like Malcolm, but when he died, his wifey was fucked up. Forgive my friends, but I'm just saying, bro, you a legend, and you crying, my nigga, and you don't deserve that. You deserve more, because if you was anybody else, bro, you would be in the history books. Point blank, period, bro. Go get your money, bro. Transcend. Stop talking. There's an episode, yo, family. There's an episode on Martin where he was like, watch my dust. Make these people watch it dust. Make them watch it dust. Catch up. Make them catch up. You got 85 books. If they wonder why you ain't talking no more, you wrapped out. You got 85 books. It's money time now. Get your millions, dog. Get your abundance, bro, because consciousness ain't skin. It ain't no books. It ain't pyramids. It ain't lectures. It ain't DVDs. It's smiles. It's being happy. Who got the lecture on being happy? Everybody talking about other shit, but ain't nobody talking about being happy. How can somebody be happy, conscious, and they not happy, and they can't salute you? You crying? You don't owe nobody tears? People should be paying your salary every month for you to do the work. Uh-huh. Go get your money, dog, because people don't even know about you. Let Bruce Willis find out about you. Niggas wouldn't see you ever again. You'll be in Paris. You know what I'm saying? Don't shed no tears, my nigga. I feel you. At the end of the day, like Pac said, it's about riders and punks. Don't matter if you a Moor, Muslim, all that shit. Yo, are you a man? First. Are you real? Are you a rider? First. All the labels, man, that's cute. I can't tell you about Pyramid. I can't tell you about Sirius B. I can't tell you about none of that shit. That sound cool? That's cool, but guess what? My nigga Blue could come to my house any time. He don't got to pay for nothing, and I don't even know his brother. But on the strength, that's his bro. They could come any time. <laughs> I don't know about pyramids, bro. I know about real. That's real. You don't got to pay nothing. My bills ain't your bills. You understand? You a legend, dog. You got you running around with four wives. When have people ever seen that? You got to think about the hearts of men that make them feel insecure, bruh. You got to think. Niggas just don't dislike you secretly. They want to kill you, my dude, secretly, because you're dealing with a medical problem. Niggas have medical issues. A slavery is a, a niggas a hybrid being, bruh. These niggas are not human. So it's deeper than that. It's a medical issue. Nobody came out these niggas at a, on a clinical level. You know what I'm saying? I learned about you from the Internet, bro, not to be long-winded, and I learned about the pills on the Internet. That niggas is legends. Sinetta's legends. You know what I'm saying? If you do a lecture polite, put that 5000 on it. You deserve that. The, the, no, the legend is a serious fucking satellite syndicated show. If I never say, yo, I want a buck, a hundred for a DVD, he should get that. Point blank, period. Don't come at the man with four dollars expecting him to take that. Nah, no dusty consciousness. Real shit. You know what I'm saying? Polite, get your money, dog. Go to the next level, transcend, put the no gas, no brakes, bruh. No Breaks. You deserve it, my dude. Go get your thing. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. You are a global citizen, dog. You are not a slave. Your people is anybody that thinks like you, dog. We passed that skin shit. Anybody that agrees with you, that's your people. That's your family, dog. You know what I'm saying? I don't know you. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a love on you, bro. I love you. I don't even know you. You understand? I don't even know you, dog, but I love you. 
know what I'm saying? Peace out to y'all niggas, man. Get your money. Take this shit to the next level. All gaps, no breaks, dog. If they ain't with it, they ain't with it, dog. Do not feel, don't have survivor's guilt, family. Rock your phone posits. Rock your cities. Get icy. Make these niggas feel normal. Do your thing, <laughs> bro, and let, the, and let the week die slow, dog. Get your money, my nigga. You already know what it is, bro. Wow, wow, wow. Take that over. Man. Like Yo, I love that brother, man. Yo, he got a gift. He got a gift, man. And that's just not because he motivated and brought me back. He done, he done revived my spirit, man. It was hard to talk until he spoke up. I do receive my brother, man. I got to get in contact with that brother, man. That's somebody I... Oh, yeah, yeah. Time, if yeah. I would have spoke to him, I man, I would have been back on the grind a long time ago. That I, I, I told that brother every morning to get my um, my motivational inspiration from him, you know what I'm saying? And I'll definitely pass the link to you as well. No doubt. It was street, but it was right. art and felt, man. And it was, it was, a, it was perfect. It was a perfect uh, from delivery. the heart, yeah. It might be scary to some, but it's exactly what I needed. I really appreciate that, and I love that brother too. Don't know him, but that that was a lot of love, and I can't take it for granted. So I really appreciate that a whole lot. All right, my brother, Ken Pace. You already know, fam, stay up. Show. All right. Go to the next caller. Yeah, hands up in the call queue. I'm going to go to Paula from the three four seven three six five. Three four seven three six five Paula. Peace. Three six five Paula. Peace. Greetings. Welcome. Peace. Peace, brother. Can you speak speak to the phone a little bit louder, please? Sorry about that. Yes, yes. Um, so good. There you go. Brother Polite, keep shining your light, Brother Polite. Just know that a lot of us um, still care, still appreciate you, no matter what's going on behind the scenes. Um, just know at the end of the day, I mean, you're to, to Christ, right? I mean, you're you're amazing. Keep shining your light, you and your beautiful family. That's basically it. Love to your family, okay? I appreciate that so much, sister. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a blessed night, y'all. You too, sister. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> Let's go to the 410. 410-595. 410- Paula. Peace, Lord. Peace. Peace. What's up, Paul? It's Rock Cool, the Cosmo Physician. Oh, what's good, Cosmo. man? What's going on? I want to tell Paul something, man. Um, You got my number, Lord. You can yes, call sir. me any fucking time you want to, man. I appreciate that, man. Especially for you because I, I know you go crazy. I don't know. If, yeah, they should know you. I'm acting crazy. But those of you who don't know, this brother is a master with the astrology. And I'm telling you, if you are in doubt, all he needs is a little bit of information, no pen, no pad, and he'll go in. So I'm saying that means a lot to me because I know what you offer 
is far beyond many people can conceive. So I know what and you And all mean. you got to do is call me, Lord. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to get on here and say, man. Really. Thank you a lot. I really appreciate that, my brother. I, I mean that. Yes, brother. Thanks a lot. Hey. Hey. Peace. So the caller from 229, 229, 439, 229, call Yes, yes, um, yes, I just want to say, um, I want to say free natural Tahuti, and I like you, um, and, and I like what you're doing, Brother Polite. I got two questions, and they're going to be real fast. I got one for, um, one for Polite, and I got one for Brother Red Pill. My question for you, Polite, is um, I've been on your website, New Covenant. Next month I'm going to move to Los Angeles. And I want to know what DVD, I mean, what book can I buy from you to teach me how to make money real fast? I'm on your website right now. What book do I need to purchase? Like, say, Introduction to the Tax Lien, Tax D, or Pennies Off of Millionaires and Houses are the New Credit Cards. Any one of those two. All right. All right. And, and, and I got, and about that, um, is it anything I need to sell? Any kind of product do I need to sell? Uh, in terms of those books in particular? Anything, uh, like if you, any, I, I'll get with you. Well, what I'll tell you to do, you can hit me at youngphenom45 at gmail.com, youngphenom, P-H-E-N-O-M, the number is 45 at gmail.com, and then I'll, I'll forward you something. But if uh, you were to get pennies off millionaires and houses on the new credit cards, it shows you in there with no money, different things that you can do to generate funds, and that's pennies off millionaires and houses are the new credit cards, and then, like I said, Introduction to the Tax Lien Tax D, uh, that that publication, without our community, you can use that information and go somewhere with that information. Right. You don't, you wouldn't like, have to use this. I, all right, but, like, if I want to see a product, like, and I got with New Covenant, could y'all show me how to do that? Because I oh, yeah, work for y'all. I, definitely. Okay. Definitely. That's an absolute fact. We have people employed. Can I give you my email address? Yes, you can. You can email me and uh and do that. I don't want you to uh that uh I don't know if you, if you're comfortable with putting it online, I'm good. I have no problem. Yeah, and I'll I'll that, brother. Right you could you could correspond with him. He just gave you his contacts. You know what I'm saying? His way okay. of getting in contact for them. Yeah, I think and, that'll and be brother, the best Red way Peel. to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and I just got one quick question for Red Pill, brother Red Pill. Like in the comedic brothers, this is gonna be real fast. The comedic brothers, how can we defend our religion to the same way the Hebrew Israelites defend theirs? That was my question for Red Pill. You said, how could the comedic brothers defend their religion the same way that the Hebrew Israelites defend theirs? Yes. Could you be more specific with that. I mean, like you got a lot of people online attacking the comedic people, like how can we just stand on our religion like the Hebrews stand on theirs? Well, you just have to study, you know what I'm saying? You have to be very strong in your conviction about, you know, your comedic history. And, you know, you just have to stand on your square, brother. There's nothing that no one can tell you that, that goes against what it is that you know in your heart. So if you utilize the, if you utilize the if you utilize the gems the, the the knowledge that comes out of Kemet to to refine yourself as man know thyself if you utilize it to transform yourself personally there's nothing that no one can tell you to take you off your square brother. 
All right. Well, thank you all for taking my question. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And for those that want to know the uh, website, newcovenantplus.com is the website. It's N-U hyphen C-O-V-E-N-A-N-T plus P-L-U-S dot com. Or you can simply just go to newcovenant.com. It'll forward you to newcovenantplus.com. If you're interested in any of our 80-plus books and several DVDs and salt crystal lamps and all that other stuff that we have, you can go to 2012stores.com, an extension of newcovenantplus.com. Two zero one two S T O R E S dot com. Of course, if you're interested in joining our community, getting the status corrections, signing a vocal private trust, private interest holdings, any of those uh, types of services, there's an outline on the New Covenant Plus dot com site and uh, membership availability right there online, so you can access it. Yes, indeed. All right. Take another caller. Let us go to. Let's see here. Call it from the 872-214. 814 Call up. Welcome to Know the Peace. 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 Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Peace. Yeah. Man, I just want to extend some love to both of you brothers, man. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, watching you brothers online, watching you brothers on YouTube, man. And I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it, man. I'm going to be honest. Like, tonight, Polite, you kind of... You kind of changed my whole, you know what I'm saying, viewpoint towards you, brother. Like, you know what I'm saying, I was a critic, man, you know, and just okay. listening to you tonight, man, you know, you kind of changed my whole outlook, man. Um, you know, I was calling in with some critiques, man, but now it ain't even a, it, it ain't even a place for that right now, man. I just want to, you know what I'm saying, extend love to you, brothers, man, and I appreciate what you're doing out here because, you know what I'm saying, even though I got critiques of you, like okay. I learned a lot from you, brother. You know what I'm saying, and it, you know I got I got my critiques, but I learn a a lot from you. You know what I'm saying. You the way you put down the information. You know what I'm saying. You say it in a way that everybody can really grasp onto what you're saying and understand it, man. You are you are, you a bright light out here, man. And uh, you know what I'm saying. I I definitely appreciate you know what I'm saying what you're doing, brother. Yeah, I thank you a lot as a man for having your critique and still finding it within yourself to also give praise. I really appreciate that, and that's true manhood. So thank you a lot. No doubt. No. Oh, let me say this one thing before I get off the line. I would like to see uh, you and the brother, and I don't know, y'all might be doing something behind the scenes of that, you know, that you might put forth, but uh, I'd like to see you and the brother, Malik Zulu Shabazz, man, do some, do some more work together, brother. I yes, think uh, both of y'all are really powerful brothers, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, just because, like after the debate, it kind of, the way it was kind of put out there after the debate, Kind of seemed like you brothers got you know some animosity towards you towards each other you know what I'm saying yeah. and I, I don't I don't like the way it was left like that I really want people to see that y'all you know what I'm saying a strong unit that y'all you know can still work together man so oh, that's yeah. that's really it's it strong, man. we've been building and it's real it's real positive and real progressive so that is definitely not impossible we have we good terms okay all right man power to you brothers man respect okay. Okay, brother. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to another caller. Let's go to a caller from the two eight one two eight one seven four three two eight one caller. Peace. Greetings, caller from the two eight one. Are you? Oh, hold on. My bad. Their line is still opening. <laughs> yeah. 
after we finish the 281, we're going to go to the 251. All right, call up from the 251-809. Get ready. God damn. This line is taking a minute to open up. Let me go to the 251 in the meantime. 251-809. No problem. Computer's going through a hiccup. Not a problem. So those of you, again, that's interested in our new covenant community, uh, this is one of the greatest times to get involved because after my meetings uh, this coming week, oh, first, let me say to the membership as well, uh, they are due an apology for when I took my leave of absence to try to get myself together. Kind of just did it spontaneously. So y'all are doing apology. Uh, this is a learning experience for me, but I definitely have to be better at what I do, and I could have done things better. I, I went into a state of shock and just, just kind of just fell back, and uh, y'all deserve better than that as far as leadership is concerned because y'all empowered me to tap into my own abilities to contribute to the community the other way around. So I really appreciate the members in the movement that have been contributing, been patient, uh, and growing with us, allowing us to evolve. You know, like they say, well, I'm going to say Egypt wasn't built in one day or Tamaray wasn't built in one day. That's what I would say. But we are definitely going in the right direction. Also, those members that's coming out to the event this weekend, be sure, which is at 2033 5th Avenue, 125th Street, National Black Theater, be there at 2 o'clock p.m., Doors open at 2. You want to get there early so you can get available seating. You know how that goes. VIP tickets for the front two rows is at $60. There will be some real prominent uh, people that will be present that day, which would be great for the community to, to see for those who understand that, you know, we got people from different genres of life and different demographics that's going to be coming out that are aware and are showing face more and contributing more uh, in a way where we can see them. So I want everybody to come out because this, this particular event, especially in the case of the second round, for what is the political science and economic strategy that we can employ to use as a catalyst to liberate our people, and then for the elders to extract from what we teach and for us to come up with some form of plan of action as a collective. We won't have all the forms of plan of action in front of everybody in the public, but what we will have is some form of plan of action that we will say we will initiate together as a community, just as a stepping stone in a corridor into a new beginning for our community. So I implore that members and non-members alike come out and participate in this particular lecture, in this particular forum, because we're going to be doing something very historical, and that is to organize the organizations, and that's part of the agenda for New Covenant as well. And in addition to that, of course, you know, we have a meeting with several of our brothers and sisters in the community that do have a great deal of success or great deal of resources, 
And that meeting is so we can create jobs for members in our community. At a, we have been able to give jobs to members in our community, but then so many people came for jobs. It was like an influx that we could not anticipate, though we know every day that people need um, an economic outlet. Their numbers were, like, alarming how much people were like, look, I'm new Covenant, I need a job. I'm new Covenant, I need a job. So we was like, whoa. So I spoke to the brothers and sisters in the community that are perhaps in a more privileged position, in which case that we have a meeting that's coming up, and we're going to talk about strategies to get the members involved in some of the genres that uh, or fields that some of these prominent people of New Covenant membership are in so we can create more job opportunities. So at least if you're working, you're working for a black company that in turn would affect your black family that will in turn affect the black people that have created the black company. You know, so long as we can keep the dollar circulating, that is the goal. So that meeting is coming up. But those of you that are coming, uh, that's part of membership for the debate, you're going to get a special update that day and also uh, get to be a spouse with some of the uh, brothers and sisters that are part of the community that's really contributing at great length. So be sure to be there. Also, we got my man, Lodi Lux, that's going to be there. Heavy, heavy, heavy New Covenant, heavy New Covenant supporter. You know, he's there at his last uh, battle with thousands of people present. You know, he was shouting New Covenant for life as my wife and I was part of the theme. We dressed like Black Panthers, the original Black Panther Party while he did his presentation. So we was on stage. I was holding the sign, say, don't do drugs with um, with Hollow's face on it. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. You know, his people was looking at me. I'm like, I'm in Jersey. I'm like, yo, y'all had to give me the sign. You know what I'm saying? So um, it was cool. And I had some of the homies participate because Loda was like, yo, you know, I'm following the information. And it means a lot if you particularly can be there on stage with me as a leader. You know, I just didn't want to dress up, have people dress up like Panthers. I wanted... I want I want a leader of the community that I'm digging and I'm listening to. So when he called me for that, I was so honored. And what was fly about it, when the video went up and it went on YouTube and everything, it was in, I was in awe at the fact that so much people was like, yo, that's polite. That's how I'm in that. So it made me feel good because it showed me that the people in the hip-hop community are keeping abreast of what we're doing in the conscious community because I'm telling you, almost oh, sure. every or four comments was like, yo, that was cool to see Polite on stage. And I was like, damn, they really keep in tune. So that made me feel good, man. I felt good that Loaded uh, wanted that there because that, that made me feel good because then the youth that love Loaded and what he's doing is revolutionary, integrating the knowledge with the lyrics and coming out with a W, you know. And uh, Hollow did a great job that day too, I would say. And I, I felt like there was two yes, brothers did. about the same thing from two different perspectives, and that's why I liked it so much. Because it was like even the way they was on their presentation, Hollow was more like, you know, we don't have the information accessible and we're doing the best that we can with what we got and we don't really want nobody preaching to us right now because niggas ain't here for us. And then Loaded was like, man, I know what direction y'all going in if you get this knowledge. You know, there's a, I can show you a, biz, a better business model and y'all can really come up. So that conversation, yeah, I'm really starting to dig the battle raps, man. I was, I was away from it myself. But it's evolving, man. 
and information is being integrated. And every now it's like, you know, we heard how much times you can kill a nigga. We ain't hear how many different ways you can make us money. We ain't hear how many different ways you can heal us and teach us and build us and how many different ways you can keep us out of prison. We haven't really heard that vernacular integrated into their lyrics. So that's new. So they can ride that way for quite some time before that even can get remotely close to boring. The gang shit, we heard that every day of the week. So I think it's uh, interesting how both cultures are evolving at the same time. You know, it's, it's going to be something powerful. I see us doing something great as a people, and I see the youth playing a more intricate and integral role. And the reason why I say that is because it's a recurring theme. It's cyclic. And when you look at the older generation, right. they were created by young people, those movements. Those were people still in high school and college going around being black right. kids. Going, these were teenagers that was doing this. These wasn't teenagers. Elders. These were yeah, teenagers. This, is, this is all youthful energy. Have you been crazy. able to catch... Have you been able to catch the dialogue surrounding Dame Dash as of lately? Some of the things Man. that he's been saying? Sir. Yes, sir. That was powerful. Okay. It's now, interesting. He's talking about the base fight. <laughs> he's talking now. about the base. He's talking about consciousness. He's talking about taking, you know, this quote-unquote argument or this debate to a higher level in regards to you know, actually creating an arena and a venue where we can go at their neck to so the people that, you know, actually the people, you know what I'm saying, whose fingerprints might be on this thing. You know, the, the, the people behind the policy makers, the hand behind the hand behind the hand. Because if, if, if Naveen ain't the hand and Laya Cohen ain't the hand, who's the hand? We always thought they was the man. He said they ain't the man. They get fired. They're employees. You know what wow. I'm saying? Yeah, this shit bigger than Nino Brown. So, <laughs> you know, at, at at what point, and I'm not going to ask you the particulars of your plans, you know, <clears throat> but does the, you know, does the battle hierarchy, you know, I would imagine it, there's a, a smoke-filled room somewhere and all of the battle planning goes in. Y'all got flow charts and shit like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, you got, you got the global map laid out with beeping parts in it. Like, yeah. You know how, like, Smack came and he's like, I'm going to create a battle market in St. Louis. Niggas ain't no niggas was rapping in St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? Real talk. That's right. Do you have plans to do something a little bit more broader? I'm going to ask the same questions that everyone else asks. You know, at what point are you going to bring this to another community and actually start approaching some of these, quote, unquote, academics, you know what I'm saying, that, that really have committed sins against our people by way of the propaganda that they're forward and, you know, the shit that, that, that we could really stand to benefit from by shattering one of these myths. Because they're holding yeah. our people under captivity under some very fragile myths. Fragile. You're right. And I feel that brothers such as yourself, powerful orators, you know, people that have been blessed with critical thinking and the ability to, to actually move on their feet, you know, the infusion of hip-hop into this, because that's all that is, you know, I think that, you know, just breaking some of these little spells that they got on the people that are held together very, very thinly, you feel me? I think that that shit would, like, open up a, a large arena. And that's just my personal opinion, uh, you know, right. but I'm just asking you, without giving too much information, is gotcha. there any planning that's been going into things of that nature? I'll tell you this, it's, it's definitely been much talked about, particularly by the people who are going to be in the meeting more than myself, who have... Uh, 
acclimated themselves to appreciating the debate culture now, uh, part of the, the lecture circuit, you know, and uh, they've been saying, look, they've been giving me names I wasn't even too familiar of. Like, look, this person in Hollywood, they got these people is, man, you need to do, you know, I want to see you in the ring with that one. And, you know, and, you know, they, it would be great for the community. And, uh, and uh, one of the brothers talked about the Tea Party. Like, get, you know, I mentioned somebody from the Tea Party and everything and said, look, you know, that's when I believe the whole conscious community will become one. You know, all these black folks in this conscious community, you know, we take the head off of somebody for another race. I think that's when everybody's going to be like, yeah, that probably would really do it. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's definitely. Like, like Red started. said, that's, that's the ticket tape yeah, to Red, all of them, you know? Red, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I've been saying for the longest. I got, you know, that that's the conversation about Voltron. That's the conversation about, you know, I respect everything that's being done, but I see it as a sparring match. No disrespect to anybody. This is being done from love. This is not hate. This is the love that I have for my brothers, but I'm a visionary as well as a futurist, and I see into the future, and I, I love my brothers so much that I could pull them to the side and say, look, I see a future where, we gonna be, yo. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna have. I even asked a brother from ISUPK today. There, there's gonna be a research team with Ali, Polite, Tazariak, Seti, if need, you know what I mean. Umar, I'm talking about Taj. You know what I mean. Our beloved elder Phil Valentine. All of us contributing on one side, going directly against the people who have a direct spell upon our people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, it, it's going to be – I saw the vision already. It's a beautiful – it's a beautiful ending. Okay. And that's all I'm saying is that we're moving in that direction. Once again, I applaud you, brothers. I applaud Sarnetta. I applaud you for cleaning it up and doing what you're doing by bringing the elders on board and answering some of the calls and the cries that you may have heard from the people right. in the community who wanted it to be cleaned up because this is not okay. happening for no reason. There was, a, right. there was a reason for this thing to be cleaned up, and I applaud you, brothers, for being – I applaud you specifically and Brother Sarnetta for being mature enough to say, you know what, we're going to detach ourselves from the negative connotations, and we may even con- uh, dis- disconnect ourselves from negative forces and people who may be influencing us, and we're going to take this thing and we're going to move it to a higher level. And that's to be great. honest with you, that's where it's coming from. That's called love. You, you dig what I'm saying? Because like the brother that called earlier and told you, he, he, you're a fucking legend. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we feel, and that's how we see it. And we want our brothers to excel. We want you to. We want you to never have to worry about anything because of the work that you put in. We don't want your family to suffer. I don't want my family to suffer. I don't want any of our families to suffer. So as, as as brothers, we are always going to be able to whisper in your ear or to pull your coat. Because you know me and you talk all the time. I pull you when, we, when I see that's Harlem. Right. I yep. pull you to the side. Even this debate that's coming up with Brother Ali, before that's it right. even happened, me and you had a nice dialogue in the National Black Theater, and I, and, and, I, and I share with you the willingness to see something like this happen, dealing with economics because of the simple fact that our people – Needed some kind of results. That's true. Facts. Feel what I'm saying? Facts. 
You know what I mean? When 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 there were certain things going on, when I came back in New York and I heard people talking, I pulled you to the side and I and I whispered in your ear, facts, yep. out of concern because I don't want. I, I've seen what you've done over the short amount of time, how you've built up all of this momentum, how you went across all these different states and did what you did, the family riding with you. I, I've seen your sacrifice and I know what it takes. You dig what I'm saying? And I would never want to see any of that thing for naught. I, don't, I would never want to see anybody walk away who is potentially rooting for you and there for you because they may feel that you may go in, you may go be going in the wrong direction. But because you know how to articulate and you are scientists and you know where you're going, you're carving your path. You, you have the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Some people are going in directions and they can't. They have no idea how they got there. Okay. You know, and I want to ask this one question while we're on the topic. So do you foresee or will you be a willing participant in the very near future to be a participant in a job fair or a convention where we bring some of these different organizations and schools of thought together like a career day where ISIS can offer people a certain amount of jobs, where House of Consciousness can offer people certain jobs, where Know the Ledge can come and offer people a new covenant and other organizations that have these skill sets like House of Consciousness, we they may need videographers or editors or people who can work cameras. You, you feel what I'm saying? Or people in media. Know the Ledge may need the same thing. New covenant, you may have um, positions for many different other, uh, um, you know, skill sets and talents and whatnot. Because being in New York, being out here, I could, and being on the ground, and, you know, you see me, you see us on 25th, we're able to sit around and, and get the consensus of the community. And I know for sure that a lot of people are hurting economically. Case That's in true. point, you know what I'm saying? Case in point, one of the greatest examples that I'm able to sit back and learn from is the situation that we see our brother Tahuti and our natural Tahuti because I know through conversations and just through looking because I was hurting. I was going through a lot of stress. I was I was trying to figure out how to feed my children. So I know what that brother was going through when I seen him on a video. You feel me? And then when I got a chance to talk to him face-to-face, he shared some things with me. You said that he shared some things with you as well. And when I saw the brother attacking you, I knew where that was coming from because it doesn't, you know what I mean? When, when you yeah. come, when you cut from a certain cloth, it doesn't, you know, you, you could tell. So, Part of the fact, I, yeah, but the, but the thing is, Tahuti had, I, he had, the, 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 the thing about him is that if he wanted to go and write a book or if he wanted to go and do a dissertation or a lecture or if he wanted to do anything as an option or a plan B, you feel me? To get a nice little payday, he was able to do that. There's brothers in this community and there's brothers that are even outside of our community and sisters who don't have a plan B. They, they, they're not they being hired by, by yeah. They have no platform. They have no plan B. I witnessed personally, brother. I've witnessed personally people selling their bodies. I've witnessed personally brothers being compromised and getting into the drug game. I've witnessed that. You feel what I'm saying? I know I know that people are and, and we remember this is New York City. And the same thing that's happened in New York City inflation wise and rent wise apparently is happening in other places where the where the prices on everything, the cost of life is going skyrocket out of the roof. So people are scrambling. 
And if the European is not hiring at this point, our people are taken to the streets. So what would you tell the average brother out there who may be a part of this community who's, you know, who's, who's, you know, following your lead, you know, following other brothers' lead, getting the knowledge, buying the books, watching the lectures, but they just can't turn a dollar and to, to, to feed the babies or to feed themselves or to pay a bill? That's right. I'm, I'm always going to be in support of that. Plus, uh, one thing I discussed with Carl Jones, which hopefully we can undergo in the summer, these are some more uh, new covenant programs, things that I talked to the, the brothers about that's, that's out there. As I said, for those of you that may not be familiar uh, with Carl Jones, he's a producer of Black Dynamite in the Boondocks cartoons, also working on 50 Cent uh, cartoon pattern. Wait, hold, like, hold on, hold on one second. Family, you got 90 seconds left, 347-637-2135. Call in, 347-637-2135. You got about a minute left if you want to continue the conversation with us. We will be going into overdrive, 347-637-2135 to join us. Please, please continue. Yellow? Hello? Yeah, we here. Yes. So as I was saying, the brother Carl Jones, New Covenant member, the producer of Black Dynamite and the Boondocks, also uh, working on 50 Cent uh, cartoon recent. He, uh, one thing I've discussed with him as something he can introduce to the community was that we was going to provide computers and teach the youth animation and production from someone who has a, obviously a great deal of success in that. So that that's an example of a um, our contribution, which is aligned for this summer. And then also what we're doing in Los Angeles is a new covenant, uh, new covenant youth athletic league with our brother Ron Artest, who's also a uh, Metal World Peace, also new covenant member. Um, I just really finished up the paperwork for it. I just got to go over a couple of things. It's a weekend camp that children can go to on Saturdays and Sundays where they can uh, play ball, but they're also going to learn about economics as part of the program, part of the camp. So that's something that the brother Ron Artest, uh, Meta World Peace, pardon me, um, is taking the time out to contribute and get back to the community, and he's helping facilitate it. Um, and I think that's powerful because he can be doing any of a number of things because he's in a good, a good space, but he wants to contribute to the community. And he also helped us get the farm, New Covenant Farm. So... What I'm saying is people want to help and they want to support. We, we just got to demonstrate how much we want for our people. If they see us clawing at each other and going about it the way we go, that's a turnoff. But when they see people building and taking it to another level, that's, that's what they're about. You know, we, we separate ourselves from our people. We make success the barometer to make a distinction amongst us. Man, these people come from the same neighborhoods we come from, and they, you have as much as talent as they have. And you can be where they are, if not greater. We got to stop making such a huge distinction amongst our successful brothers and sisters and stop being so judgmental because you may not even know what they are doing for our people. You know what I'm saying? Before you even put those critiques out there. So what I'm telling you is, yes, uh, we are definitely down for the career day. We are definitely down for the employment. And we are definitely down for the educational programs and things of that nature. And uh, we, we just want to do it on a larger scale 
and do it on all different fronts. So, like, with the basketball camp, people love basketball. So what I'm going to do, I can't go against it. So what we're going to do is go for it and say, you know what, we're going to give them basketball since they like it. But what we're going to do, we're going to use the NBA player to promote it and, and get it up. Well, we're going to integrate this economic information so the youth can get it before they even get into the trap teachings if it isn't too late. And then they can say, man, you know, I was in this basketball league, but the craziest thing about it is this is where I learned about tax deeds. Or this is where I learned about tax deeds. Or this is how I learned about annuities or, or, or tax lien fund or trust fund or irrevocable trust. These are uh, investment vehicles that we want to teach them about from, a, from an early age. And perhaps they even go home and educate their parents and spark their parents' attention to come to the youth camp. You know, so these are, these are some of the ideas uh, you know, because it's not worth uh, hiding those ideas because that's, that's in the public and it's for the community. But these are some of the ideas that we have worked on as a work in progress as I speak that I would like people to participate in, if not by any other means, then to propagate and let people know that such uh, uh, a thing even exists in the first place. So, again, if you're interested in joining New Covenant, these are the things that we are doing. Uh, not limited to. There's a number of other things that we're doing. We have a prison sponsorship program where people invest in tax liens, and the principal gets returned to them when their interest is accrued. The interest goes to the inmate. The principal gets turned back into, turned back to the investor, the sponsor. And should this persist, then we show the prisoner how to annuitize their interest that's accumulated throughout the course of their incarceration. So this employs an effective post-rehabilitation methodology to which end that when they're free, they have a, some form of pension and consistent revenue stream as well as knowledge. So they won't have to, in turn, resort to crime and wind up back into the system having been institutionalized because no plan of action in place. So there's a number of different things that we're doing in New Covenant, and I'm glad that it's maintained consistency and I'm glad that people are actually contributing, participating, and voluntarily at time. But we, we're gonna we're gonna really enforce that more more get done, more participate. And the only way that can happen is through people's knowledge of it in the first place, because people want to participate. And like I said, you come out there uh, this weekend, this Sunday at the National Black Theater, New York, New York, two zero three three Fifth Avenue, one hundred twenty fifth Street. Come, um, the doors open at two for New Covenant members. We have a, a a special orientation for some that are new membership as well as those of you that are yet to get your ID cards. Do I have some ID cards ready for those who took their pictures from last event that I was around uh, for their new conference ID cards? And, of course, you could use it for a couple of other things as well, aside from just conventional ID. Come out and, and it's be a good look for everybody. Member and non-member alike, we have the Freedom Park that's coming out participate in our plan of action amongst all the different organizations. Hello? So my Hello. phone was on mute. Yeah. Are you able to log into the uh into the studio? Oh me, yeah. Man. Yeah, his phone just cut off too. So I don't know if you want to um, try to call him on the freeway. All right, which 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 number is it? 
how you're functioning and what's going on, B. I just want to let you know enough support. You understand? Like, yeah. Hello? Oh, damn. Hello? Anybody there? Yeah. yeah, they line dropped. Oh, we they don't have to Yeah, yeah. Some serious, uh, some serious mercy. Yeah, they're trying, to, they, 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 they're trying to ruin the link out there. They're trying to stop the knowledge from linking up. Yeah, but they can't. So, you know, technology is limited, brother. Yeah, and I wanted to also let that brother know. No, it was cool, though, that brother let the people know that he was real. You understand? Because I think a lot of times people get lost in the personalities. And they think certain brothers out there are impervious. And they somehow just Internet personalities because that's how people see themselves so much in the Android meme. And they forget that these brothers got, you know, emotions and um. And and, psycho, and, and and a psyche also. They got a brain. They got um. They got to deal Nervous with what you say right. to them. They, they, they feel they, just they, like they, you do. You understand? They got feelings. They're not just. You might, yeah, they're they not might just Android memes, but the Android meme the is so. On, but they still have so random. It's so random now, and, and and so apparent and ubiquitous that the people done lost sense. You know what I mean? They don't forgot that, you know, that these are actual living, fresh, breathing people. They're not uh they're not the way you look at your um how can I say it? Your little uh role model your um your 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 actors or your person your entertainment personalities. You know what I mean? They're more than that because they're dealing with works that are um are more detrimental to the system. You understand, and at the same time, they're they're getting a certain type of what do you call it notoriety and um, acclaim for it. That is that is a high threat. So when you start attacking them, they don't even have the support mechanism that a, um, an actor would have or actual entertainment personality would have. They're already dealing with high sciences. And they got a whole lot of, of animosity coming at them just from the nature of the information they putting out, let alone the community riling up against you. That's a cold blow to the heart. And brothers need to know, man. So it's good the brother came on there and reminded the people that he was that he was a man. You know what I mean? That he had um frailty also. You understand? So, you know, people could realize that, you know, some of the things they heard diminished the character and the build, and you know what I mean? And it, it, it destroys the man. It's another form of emasculating, you know what I mean? So I appreciate it, yeah. man. It was good listening to the brother, man. I hope the other people out there really tuned in into what the brother's doing because I, I really understand what, he, what him and Sarnetta are doing with the debate platform. Um, I was never one of the brothers that was against it. Oh, and I knew the energy of it is what's so crazy about it is um, just being a brother from the streets and knowing the energy of the youth, I felt that what they were doing was necessary to to bring the new youth into the fold because it got to a point to where 
The elders weren't attracting any new youth. They were speaking to the choir, so to speak, again. And that's no disrespect yeah. to them, but as an as a, a educator in the school, I can remember when I used to put certain elders on in the classroom in the early 2000s and it sparked an uproar. And then by the late 2000s, their message was just, you know, it was the same, it was the same message. And then I, you know, I put on a, a little SETI and that just woke them up. And I'm looking, you know, not to disrespect SETI's message or nothing, but I'm just, I'm trying to understand the appeal of the information to them so much. And then I'm looking at his disposition, his tonal frequency, his aggression, how how the the, the manner in which he brought the information was 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 akin to um the street the street aggression yeah. up in your face that they that they yeah, that they were ready street. to hear yeah. and they were listening to and in the process it was encouraging them to think, to start looking at the other information. Then they after after seeing stuff like that, they would sit through a field. They go out and look and sit through a whole Amos Wilson and sit through and they because now they acquired I guess some type of ability to 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 want to figure out what this other young brother was saying, where he was getting this information from. Why was he so fired right. with it? And so they had the spirit now to, to, to go and study. I was like, okay, right. I see it's a whole new, it's a new energy they bring into this. So I watched all the debate. Lit the fire. But, right. you know, do they think, not even, well, I can't, I can't say it like that, but there was some, I didn't watch it from a critical perspective, even though I would notice certain rhetorical uh, misappropriations and whatnot, fallacies. But that didn't matter to me. Well, I was, I was, watching it from the overall effect of the medium and the platform and, and how the young people were um, were coming into a, a, a new manner of um, establishing a voice in the community that said that they had something to say and it was valid. And I thought that was wonderful, man. So I just, that's why I really wanted to let the brother know in the song. It's too bad he, um, the line got cut off. But yeah, it was all good. B. It was a wonderful show, man. No doubt. Yeah, even even when they got into it a little bit about the uh, what Phil was saying about the debate, and then how they felt it was a personal attack on them, that was um, handled well because it would get to the point to where it could get out of hand, but. The way y'all toned it down, um, came together, and refocused the conversation around the, the topic of the show was a great demonstration to the people. So you can't take that and run with a, a clip of that show or run with this clip and try and excite something for division. And that was a great way to show how language um can be misconstrued, but also can be used to heal right in the moment. I I, I love yeah. that about the show also. So, you know, I just wanted to chime in on a few things. Oh, and another thing, I wanted to let anybody that's still on the phone know, the people that um, in the last show, um, I accidentally added falls to that title, and I do that a lot. I, I, I don't know why when I reference that book. 
Cedar Falls must be some place I've been or know. But anyway, the book is called The House Behind the Cedars, not the Cedar Falls. It's the house behind the cedars. <laughs> and that was my, my bad. Okay. I meant to correct that. Um, okay. I got a few people emailed me about the text on um, which one, and I had to um, tell them that that's the one to get because the next time we build, I'm going to go in on that and um, do a little build for the people. So I just want to make sure everybody was, um, getting the text would, would get the correct text. But in that, now, that's now. all. I don't, you know, I guess you, um, the brethren, the brethren, them not coming back to the shore? I don't think so because the line is cut. I don't know how else to get them on. You know, oh, right now, let's, oh, oh, somebody will have a car and let nobody know. Oh, yeah. all right, well, I guess we'll be shutting call him down. Freeway. That's on Red. He got the boards right now. You got to text me his number and I'll do it. Um, let me let me see if I see it in the studio. Hold on. Nah, it wouldn't be in the studio. I see Simon's number. Huh? I see Simon's number. You want me to call him? You see Simon's number? I said I see uh-huh. Simon's number. Okay. Well, you could try to bring Simon back in then, and Simon to bring him. All right. Yes, indeed, Buddha. Yeah, man, it's powerful works out there in the community, man. Um, I, I, nah, I like I mean, what, you know, I, yeah. I like what's going really on, man, and, and I'm really serious because what I see is the different organizations starting to move in the sub economy that's going to become our own economy. Like I see, I really see the KTL University becoming a funding source where through the courses. And we start generating revenue that is going to go back into the community. We're going to employ people. We're going to offer scholarships. We're going to offer uh, micro loans for people that want to vend at venues and don't have startup capital and can come get yes. a two, three thousand dollar loan to get their startup capital for whatever they're doing. This and that. Like we can have a micro economy that's moving. And then the next person got a micro-economy that's moving, and we are interfacing. And those economies are going to grow, you know what I mean? Because when we open this university and we actually start teaching these skills coupled with the esoteric field and the mysticism and the, um, the, the, the history of, 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 of the African peoples and the science of the original man and and Morris history and all these things, but at the same time, we have people that's teaching them algorithms and algebra, and, at the, and someone is teaching them, you know, regular essays and sentences, and someone that's um, teaching them applications of business economics, someone like Polite, and they're learning actual business theories so that when they go to these so-called accredited institutions, they're already advanced. Yes, they're going and get whatever their little accreditation they think they need and still coming back to our community already programmed to interface with these 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 organizations that gave them the skills that actually made 
college easy, made the business course easy, made um, coding more accessible to the way they think so that when they went to the computer science program, they just mastered it. And then they're going to come back thinking us, loving us, and wanting to interface with that knowledge and build up these organizations into real structures in the, in the community. This is what I see going on, so I love it. I don't, I don't no feel that there's a, a big um, a gap. See, uh, we want to run the university. I think that's what we should be on. Um, when we want a brick-and-mortar uh, building for the university, I think we should um, be dealing with polite and, and, his, and his strategies for grabbing property. When he wants to come online and maybe develop a scholastic program, then he should be coming over to us and, and learning curriculum and, and, structure and strategies for lesson planning and this. You know what I mean? We should all be working where our skill set is, is most beneficial to us and the community, but in unison. Not you know what I mean? That way I ain't, we ain't gotta try and do everything. You know what I mean? We ain't gotta have one organization that is trying yeah. to master every and solve every problem in the community. We're supporting yeah. each hold, other hold in on. our different hold on one you know what I mean? Yo, I'm sorry, yeah. just Brad, this back? building. Yeah, I got brother Polite with me. Yo, big yes, up Polite. Welcome back, brother. Yo, we had lost you, man. What I was bigging up, as I was um, explaining, I'm going to just go give the short I've version now. I'm still listening to the show. It's just the phone service. Hello? Well. Yeah. Polite, you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, now the brother was saying that we had lost you. He was trying to um, share with you what he was building, what he was uh, trying to share with you. Got you. Oh, yeah, what I was building on, man, as I was going to say, is um, this is a short version now, but basically I love what you was doing with the debates because it gave um, people a demonstration in tonal frequency and, and, and sound and in multimedia presentation of, of the logic and, um, and, and, and how to think something through, logical strengths, logical truths, and logical fallacies that was pointed out. And it was a manner of teaching the young people, how to think something through. And that in itself was valuable to me. It was a, it was a manner of, of bringing the information to the young people and the platform that was challenging them to process the information. So that now when we tried to teach them something, like when you wanted to teach them one of your economic um, programs and your economic platform, they can actually think the information through and have that, that ability to process um, language, you know what I'm saying, all the way into the, the, the concluding point and understand and have the point resonate. And I think that was a byproduct of your debate, and that was one of the primary benefits of the debate in forcing people to understand how to think and how to follow language when it's spoken aloud and follow the point as the point was being developed so that people would, would respond more to, to a logical, um, so, uh, something logically sound and, and, and well positioned in, in, a, in a logical thought and in, in a firm manner of, of um, concluding a point 
and, and we had lost that. So I wanted to big that up, and I also wanted to big up the fact that you um you displayed um your emotional side. You know, I didn't see that as a weakness. Um, I was explaining to the brethren that a lot of people forget that um, you're not just an um, a Android meme. You're not just a personality on YouTube. They forget that you that your actuality be, because so many of these people exist as Android memes and have placed their self and their logic inside an exterior something ex- external to themselves, an exterior agent, so that um, they look at you that way. They look at you in the same manner as they would an entertainer, someone that's impervious to um, actual energy, because you know the words and the logic of the words have energy. And um, it, was, it was good that you reminded them of that, you know what I mean? And, and showing that frailty was, was actually a strength. And then the other thing I wanted to build on is how y'all healed um, in y'all discussion and the discrepancy between you and Reverend Valentine over the issue of the debate, how you brothers used y'all language to cease and desist something that would have, two years ago would have dwindled and, and, and spread amongst the community as, as some type of malevolent virus, which all demonstrated a logical way of dealing with the problem and solving it as man on air in real time. You understand me? And that was another benefit of the show, man. So I just wanted to let you know, as brothers that understand what you're doing, we appreciate you, love it, and um, it, I'm looking forward to to building with you and working with you in the community. As I come forward with the information, I'm I'm going to start teaching the people. But other than that, wasn't too much more. That was it in a nutshell. It was a little more more involved before, but, you know, the line that cut. I don't want to be too redundant. Uh, I thank you so much for sharing. You are definitely a wise man. I enjoy listening to your perspective. It's right on point. Oh, give thanks, brother. Give thanks. I, like I said, I can't wait to link up and build. Um, definitely, definitely. And another thing I was building with them on a minute ago is how um, I'm starting to see us develop our own microeconomies that in the organizations because I'm, you know, I'm helping develop KTL University, and I'm telling them I want to see KTL University as another source in the community of microfunding to where we're able to provide jobs and make micro-loans to people that want to vend or invest in small business and get off their feet and come back to the community. And I was saying how I see what you're doing with the New Covenant movement and your economic platform and what you're doing with um, securities and bonds and annuities and, 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 and properties. And I was explaining to them how, say, we wanted a brick-and-mortar building for the university. I would rather come and build with you on that as your specialty. And then say we get our university up and running properly and we got curriculum, instruction, and lesson plan. We have all this stuff, and you want to pop off a school or a scholastic program to what you're doing, we would come and interface with you on that. So whereas the community and these microeconomies, is what I'm calling them, are functioning together, and we don't feel like we have to master everything in one area that we, we start linking up and we have people that are efficient in their area of study, their area of focus, and we maximize that. We use that. We link it together to where we're all su- more supportive of what the next my brother's doing because 
I'm invested in that. I, I need that part of what he's doing in the community. And then from that, we're going to give these brothers and sisters real skills as they go to interface and get accredited by this man. And then I'm saying they're going to come back and want to support our organization and bring all their accreditation back to what we're doing and, and build the organizations as uh, into more of a, um, how can I say, a mainstream or acceptable movement, something that has credibility in the eyes of the system because they took our knowledge and all of a sudden when they went to a business um, course on bonds or um, property acquisitions and they've already been through the polite course, they're excelling in that course. They're already A students. That's, that's redundant information. And now they done got some fake accreditation, but they're back in the community with the knowledge polite gave them. You understand me? In the same way I'm planning to do with the literature course that I'm offering. So these people that want to go to these colleges and whatnot, when they go there, they'll, they'll realize it's a waste of their time, and they'll come back with their accreditation, but back to our organization, to where our organizations will have more value than what they went to get accredited for, then the people will start looking more at what we're doing in the community as viable. You understand? So I really, like, I'm just happy, man. This, to me, it's a good time. Like, this, this transitional That's phase, right. it's a great time to be a part of this. I don't see stagnation. I, I, I see this upheaval as as, 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 as beneficial change that's, that's on the forefront, the threshold. I agree with you. I know. Yeah, but that that was all about it, man. I just wanted to give you a strength, brother. You know what I mean? I can feel it in you, B. Like, we there for you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Get back to work, B. Keep that's kicking right. them off. Get back to work, man. Right, I'm with it, brother. Hey. Indeed, the brother Red. We have any other callers so, we're gonna get to? Yeah, yeah. Let me go to the caller from the two five one. Caller from the two five one eight oh nine, I believe that is. Give me one second. There you go. Your line is open. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Peace. Peace to the gods, peace to the gods. How you guys doing tonight? All right, wonderful Bill, wonderful Bill. I learned a lot, man. You know what I'm saying? What up, Polite? Peace, dog. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I just want to say stay strong. My brother? um... Oh, yeah, you know it is. (laughs) Okay, peace. Yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say um, I agree with Polite because you on something that's haven't been touched on or kind of taboo or shoved under the rug in our community. And that's the job that the elders did or didn't do in the transition in the path and the torch. And that's something that they don't want to admit to. And I think when the debate scene came along and like Polite had touched on, when they were just used, to giving their dissertation and having no challenges, all of a sudden it changed up, and now they got to be challenged by another prominent speaker. Hold up. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't the man or I ain't the woman no more. That kind of threatened them. You know what I'm saying? For those who are used to that paradigm. So, you know, and we know older people, sometimes it's hard for them to change. So we, we have to respect them. 
But like Polite said, you got to respect the new wave that's coming through. If you can't, get out the way. Go sit down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Point blank period. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, that's a very, very key point. And then you can go many different directions, from civil rights to the Black Panthers to the economics. I mean, it's all economics at the end. And they, to me, they all were necessary at that time, but this was needed at this time. And you can say they failed if you want to, but the bottom line is we still suffered. And we're still the last ones on the totem pole, and something had to be done. And if they ain't going to do it, they need to go sit down. That's how I feel about it. So that was my statement. The only question I have is um, polite. I heard you mention before, you know, in regard to the elders putting together something like a pension plan or something like that, do you still plan on doing that? That's question number two. Number one, and number two, you had mentioned something about uh, putting together residual incomes or a logo or something like that, or getting your own logo. I heard you say something about that before. I want you to respond on that. Yes. Well, uh, the answer to one, both of them concurrent to conserve time as well, would be that after I have this meeting with some of the uh, brothers and sisters, have achieved a certain level of success and resources in our community. Uh, one, one of the projects that the meeting entails is pension created within the confines of the conscious community based on what we already produce. Not something we don't produce, but uh, what kind of vehicle we could create that people can confide in as consumers, whereas some of the funds can be allocated towards pensions of people that make contributions, such as KTL, uh, who are uh, very consistent on their Tuesday to Friday schedule, year in and year out. And, of course, people that are like Phil Valentine and the likes, you know, to qualify their retirement at a younger age than 65 or even younger than a 55, what, what, would, the, what would make up those requirements or criteria to be able to uh, receive the benefit of a pension, where the funds would actually come from, and how we would actually uh, create the system. Now, creating the system to generate the revenue isn't the hardest part. It's, it's the part of it is getting enough of us into the community to buy into the idea of black solidarity, to buy into mm-hmm. the idea of exclusiveness as far as who we will patronize. That takes a level of discipline by our community, and, and certainly there will be a, a strong movement, which is what I'm encouraging my brothers and my sisters that are doing pretty good to be very vocal about where they will support, pre- providing that the community is willing to support itself. So, in other words, I bump into a brother who's making his own sneakers um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Morris community. And, you know, and I was building with one of the brothers who were part of the support support team, and I was trying to give him some incentive to tell the brother what he can do to think a little more out the box to get to get his revenue streams going, to, you know, support his creative idea. And at midst of that, what I was telling the brother, because it was a little uh, – dissenting views about, you know, uh, you're going to talk about Islam with the Moors of Islam. I'm like, my brother, we talking about economics. I'm actually trying to share, give you some insight on how to get that project off the ground and how mm-hmm. uh, we, we can collectively put something together because I'm going to tell you something, that when we're looking at uh, sneakers, let's say we're just looking at sneakers, there's a mm-hmm. number of 
different people that have their own brands that sell in the same exact store. They are not letting their ideological differences stop them from having their same their sneakers being sold in the same store. So mm-hmm. I would take that into consideration. I'm like, yo, look, when we're talking about building the black economy, all mm-hmm. that stuff, stay outside the house. We create a forum if you want to exercise your right to disagree. Then the forum is created. But after that, yep. we're talking about building right. an economy. Get, get, that and paper. It, get that paper. Get that paper, man. And to build an economy, you have to have a gross domestic product. So I said, now I'm going to ask you something. What is the Moorish gross domestic product? And by that I mean, for the Moors, what exactly do y'all generate the most revenue streams from? You know, what do you, what do you make your most money from? And does it attest to the amount of membership you have? Now, if the question is what I believe, if the answer to the question is what I believe it is, then we have an issue. And the issue is this. We have several organizations but no economy in each organization. So how you have a nation and no economy? Because, you see, if you look at America, America's gross domestic product, one-third of America's gross domestic product, meaning where they get the station, where they get their most revenue streams from. One third of America's revenue streams comes from real estate in the form of foreclosures, acquisitions of property, loan modifications, and other forms of debt uh, obligations and obligated mortgages uh, practices. So that being the case, hello, hello. Yeah, I think you might have dropped Red. me. Red, you with us? All right, if Red don't answer, that must mean his phone dropped. And if oh, his phone man. dropped, it's a wrap. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know polite drop. I don't know. If, I don't hear Red. Yeah, Red, Red's line must have dropped as well. And they were sitting to go in. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, well, yeah, we'll pick up on it later, man. That was that was interesting, but I'm glad I was able to. It get, was, it was. I'm glad he made that point. Like I said, he was warming it up, you know. What's his GDP? Yeah. What's his yeah, GDP? Yeah. Is it DVDs? Is yeah, it it's about paper it now. The bottom what's line. What's your GDP? Like, what's your gross domestic? Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good point. How you, no. you can't handle nation without no time. Better time is over. Yeah. Better right? time is over, you know. And um, yeah. the nation of Islam is a bean pot. It's a bean pot of GDP. And I'm not making, I'm not, I'm not making any jokes or anything. I'm just, since he said that, of course, I'm just trying to identify, you know, what, 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 what people's particular and their expertise in. Yeah, but we, we, we know why the, the figures and the facts will never come through <laughs> for, for any of them because that would expose a lot well, of I'm, things. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, as always, these conversations have a way of opening people's eyes and sobering them up so they can ask questions amongst themselves. And for those of us in the quote-unquote community that are industrious, especially those of us that are creators, the creative types. You know, we, we do need to create products that are exclusive. Our family of yep. nations. So, I mean, I like the conscious yeah. community label or tag. I like the family of nations. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we known for? What are we good with? 
You know, yeah. when the prophet came, he came with elixirs. When Muhammad came, he came with newspapers. You know what I'm saying? And that 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 that's going into other things. I had just seen a Shabazz fish out here in L.A. this afternoon. You know, he came with the whiting after that. It was economic platforms. York came with the incident. That was his thing. That's what he was known for. Yeah. You know, as more as what are we known for the Circle Seven? What are we yeah, selling? Yeah. Yeah, I could go, I could go to any state, and I'm gonna see more, and they're gonna have that thing, because you know what I'm saying that's that thing that they sell, and it don't exist. I mean, you know, we just gotta sober up, man, table and have some real talk. Cause I always yeah, say that like uh, everything like, like, that we need, we do have. I'm not, I ain't the one to be sitting here belly aching about what we don't got. You know what I'm saying? That's not my conversation. My conversation is like, let's take an assessment of what we do have. You know what I'm saying? Let's close ranks and see what is available to us in regards to resources. What do we have? Because you could be needing yeah. something and belly aching about it, and I can have it or I have access to it, and I don't even know because you never said nothing. You were just talking about what the white man got all day. And I didn't know that you needed this. I didn't know that you mm-hmm. needed a tractor. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that you needed this level of technology to get this complete. You know what I'm saying? Because I have access to it. But I never knew. And you don't know yeah. what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's time, like I said earlier, the program that we get behind closed doors, man, and and, and have a, a roundtable meeting and really have take an assessment of where we are, you know what I'm saying, why we are, and what we're going to do. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like that, that community, the, the community, never gonna be taken serious until they get their bread together and move their bread in unison. Because that that'll show the power, right there. Until then, until that happens, it's just gonna be people talking about what, what could have, should have. When you get that get that bread together, right. the whole thing gonna flip. And, you know what I'm saying? And, you, you, know, you can have you can have your disagreements on right. the side, but like you said, get the bread together and keep the bread to, together in unison. Make that thing flip or recycle eight five six different yeah. times like they did it in Tulsa, you know what I'm saying, before right. they left the community. You know what I'm saying? Make a it's recycle like, before they lose yeah. the community. And I, I'm, I'm also not one of those people. I don't believe that everybody's my people. I ain't into that. You know what I'm saying? Just like mm-hmm. that brother oh, said yeah. earlier, Cause, cause, some of you niggas yeah, are not human, you know? <laughs> and I got this yeah. movie, so even attached yeah. to that concept. You feel me? Yeah, and, the, and I want to deal with like-minded individuals that are futurists, you know, people that are concerned mm-hmm. about, you know, what, what's going to take place in X amount of years. They can see the writing on the wall, and their thoughts come from solutions for those things. They're thinking, you know, directly, um, you know, with, with those particular situations in mind, and they're thinking through them, not ignoring them. Like, nobody talks about Fukushima. You feel me? Mm-hmm. These niggas be talking about 10 or 15 years from now, plans and shit. No one's addressing Fukushima. No one's addressing, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you know, we're talking real estate, but we're not finding out, yeah, what, what's the best real estate to get away from that radiation? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We don't have an all-out yeah. protocol on, on, you know, if you're concerned about somebody and you want them to survive and to live through this shit, you know, tell them something that they could actually work with, like don't eat no fish coming out the Pacific Ocean, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would really, if I was you, I wouldn't eat no bottom feeding fish either, catfish, tuna, and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I wouldn't even start eating, you know, all that stuff that they throw together. You know? Yeah. And this is not about being um a vegan and and, and, and food police. It's about common sense. It's like at yeah. what fucking point is this shit going to click? At what point yep. are you gonna wake yeah. up and just decide that you're gonna do this shit that makes the most sense for longevity, yeah. your continuity, yeah. your species, your gene class. Now they have fucking babies. I mean, for these people that got children, you would think they at least would be the ones thinking twenty or thirty years in advance and shit. They're not. They're not. They snatched up, like you said. They invaded already. They can't think. They they taking over. You know what I'm saying? But there is solutions. Shout out to T Miller. Shout out to T Miller. There are solutions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a legend. He's a legend. You know, pure solution. And yep. you don't see nobody kicking his door down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, I got, yo, I got mine. The yo, like, I, yo, I got 100 racks. I got 500 racks for you. This is the wave of the future. Yeah. But I ain't going to blow the, I'm not going to blow my horn online and continuously, continuously, continuously tell people with the short shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's you, nothing you that can replace real food. Yeah. There's nothing real food will never be played out, you know? Maybe when all of the plastic and everything is totally plastic. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's a lot, man. Like I said, what that, that, that brother, yeah, what that brother has to offer at this particular time is worth more than gold. Because not only yeah, is he giving yeah. you a viable food source, but he's saying that he can he can lace you with food that you've never, in your natural years on this planet, have access to. You've never tasted real spinach. You never tasted mm-hmm. real tomato, you never taste the real broccoli. And I'm just scared that we're surrounded by people that's like, well, I don't give a fuck. I don't need it then if I never tasted it. Why do I need it now? That shit tastes mm. good on a Big Mac. My lettuce <laughs> tastes just good on Big Macs. You fucking tomatoes on a Big Mac, ain't nothing wrong with that. You niggas need to go eat a bison burger or something. Tomatoes ain't real. That's what's wrong with it. <laughs> you, know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm surrounded by that, so... But in the meantime, in between time, you know yeah, me. That, that brother, that brother demonstrated I, I, perfectly I, the, the 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 road less traveled. He articulated it very well today. It's the road less traveled, and it's yeah. a hard road. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I see the real waking up every yeah. day, and you see the comments, and, and and the bicker, and then the people they be like, they be these weak niggas at that. And you mm-hmm. like for real, and people go for that. And then these are the people that you want to suit up for, you know what I'm saying, and go to war. Yeah. Motherfuckers you never met. Yeah. Theoretically, they don't even exist because you don't even see them, but you go to war for them. These are the same motherfuckers that they get too close to you, and they're going to put it between your spinal column. You know what I'm saying? And turn yeah, but they, but they won't smack up the dope man or the, who's violating the community. But the one person that's trying to do positivity, uh, you won't grab, celebrate put, put them down. That don't make no damn sense. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy. They live in fear of him as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he's not right. fear based. So you're living in a society where people only respect things that they fear. And this information, yeah. it, it has, you know, like I said, it's, it's the whole theme of going over the people's head straight to the White House. There are people in position, principalities, that might be a little fearful because. You know, some of the things that some of us individuals are doing, you know, to them, that shit signals prophecy. They understand what time they're dealing with because they're seeing these signs. They're seeing these people pop up 
with this information. They're seeing people like Buddha Clint popping up, you know what I'm saying, with, with, with the keys that will unlock the motherfucking spell, collectively, collective spell that they got on people, you know? Mm-hmm. They're seeing certain things, and they're making, uh, uh, they're responding to those things, you know? When you wake up, the Matrix always has to find a way now to destroy that Neo and reset the Matrix, mm-hmm. supposedly. You know, every time mm-hmm. a Neo pops up, it's going to reconfigure itself and it's going it's going to respond in due form. And that's oh, what yeah, I'm, yo, I'm glad you said that, man, because when you make them Buddha, yo, I, I, I thought about that movie because you remember in the beginning, and based upon the article and stuff, he was talking about the cold writing. That's the first thing you saw in the beginning of the movie. You saw all those colds and different things in the green stream yeah. across. That was nothing but the cold. So when Buddha came and articulated and said, you know what, oh, yo, he's right. All cold. You know, I, right? I tell yeah, put, listen, listen to Hakeem Bay one day, mm-hmm. the Buddha, back to back, and then you'll really get it. Once you hear that, that Akalia language that Hakeem yeah. Bay brought, you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard it. Yo, I, I listened to it. Yo, I heard it the other day. Yo, it, okay. it, that's powerful too, man. That's powerful. So, yeah, when you put those conversations together, and then it all starts to make sense, you know. But the day after the show, you know what I'm saying, they released the article, motherjones.com. And yeah, that, I, yo, the I sent language. you that one, yo. Yo, that's, that's the okay, one I sent you. Okay, you sent that to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coding the new language. That article right there alone should serve as a testament. Whenever that brother opens up his lecture, he needs to read yep. excerpts out of that article because they came yep. and said the same shit that he said on the program. Yo. Yo, yo, let me tell you, yo, yo, let me tell you, yo. And they yo, was, like, they I, was talking about logic, that. and they was talking about the logo. They was talking about all the shit we talking about. Yep. Right? Yo, when I and saw that, yo, yo, when I saw that, my mouth dropped open, yo. I said, I couldn't believe it. I said, look at this shit right here. It, it's like they admit, like they said, okay, yeah, you got us. Here go the article. You got <laughs> you know us, yeah. You got us. Here it go. Every yep. goddamn thing. They talking about the children. They talking about the future. They're talking about computational thinking, which is what mm-hmm. you're talking about, with critical thinking. Now Yo, it's called did, did you, did you send it thinking. to him? Did, did you, did you, did you forward that article to him? Of course I sent it to him. Brother Phil, yeah. Brother Phil, look here, look here. Look here. Me? Hello? Yes, I'm polite. Go speak. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. I was just listening in. Oh. Oh, please, oh, brother. Cool, cool. Yes, What's, please, up? What's up, please. man? Thought we had lost, yo, yo, you heard everything we were talking about? Just about everything I heard. Just cool, about cool. everything. Yeah, I just opened back his line for y'all guys. Okay. Yeah, you were you were going in about the um when I asked about the the, the pension plan. That's what we had left off about, and then I, I had a follow up question about the logo. Yeah, or like I was saying, idealistically. Uh, to, as far as uh, both those uh, questions that you have, that of course is part of the essence of the meeting that we're going to be having, and I want to home in more on the pension part, which is very important. And what we have to, again, it's about participation, and it's also about roundtable setting for people to enterprise. Because when I brought that up before, it was for people to take it into consideration, let it marinate. Because I understand that the way we have to teach, we have to repeat certain things. 
even as I write my books, there are certain paragraphs that I repeat the same paragraph five to seven times in the book in different places. Oh, yes, you do. So when someone says, yo, man, I ain't see, this is, he be saying this, that, and the third. I can say, well, you know, I'm sure you didn't miss it because I made sure it was exactly the same way seven different times in that book in different places. So I know for sure at this point I'll be iterating because through repetition we learn. So I understand when we're presenting an idea to the community that is very obvious but yet has not been entertained, I understand that it has to be recurring. It has to be said over and over in different ways so people can eventually take heed to it. Not because we're slow, but because it's so obvious we don't uh, respond to it as quick because an obvious solution, people skeptical because it's such right. common sense. It makes you wonder how come people don't know. Like some of the uh, methods that we employ to bring about what we call economic sovereignty, the number one problem behind what I teach is how come he knows that? How come other people don't know this? You know, it's, it's not, it's not, it makes sense to try to prove it. Yeah, it's not that it makes sense to try to prove it. It's a fact that, how come you know and I don't know? And that, that's, that's the kind of stuff that we got to do. So when we talk about the pension plan, we have to learn to enterprise. I mean, if we have these, you got to echo my lord. You got echo yeah, somebody has a speaker on probably. If they put their phone on mute or take it off the speaker, it probably stop doing it. Okay, that's better, yeah. Yeah, so uh, what I mean by enterprise as an example is that we have to establish a setting in our community where you can actually say this. There's DVDs that's being sold in the community. DVDs, what we do is say, for all the people that have the legal right for our intellectual property to be disseminated throughout the community, they get a special seal or a special logo, okay, on the DVD. And what will happen is that DVD being sold will represent the fact that that person is authorized to sell that DVD because we understand that when that DVD gets sold, some of the funds will be allocated towards the pension plan of the people that contribute their intellectual property. See, once we begin to enterprise on that particular level, now we're protecting our own and we're creating a lane for the vendors to, to have an exclusivity to being able so to sell. That's kind of like licensing property. and stuff like that, right? That's right. And then now when there's piracy, hell yeah, we're not going to run up on you and beat you up. That's niggerish. No, we're going to get the white man because that shit will stop your ass. It stops all niggas. Niggas don't respond unless the white man show up. I'm not talking about uh, black and uh, brothers and sisters and moors. I'm talking about niggas. Niggas don't stop the shit until white people come. There's a mechanism they have in their brain. They don't listen to no one but white people. So what I'm saying is we, we stop the piracy because we get together and say legally, if you do this, you know, this will be a felony by law because we securitize our our property. Uh, we collateralize it. We have a financing statement that uh, binds certain people to it, okay? And we've, we've created a designation to which then certain people are privy to buy or to sell this particular product, okay? Even mm -hmm. Ali and I, we have an agreement. We have a contract with each other for this particular event 
where we own the rights of it and we granted Sarnetta the right to our DVDs. That's it. And anybody mm-hmm. that wants it after that fact will have to run through the discussion of myself or Ali, and Ali and I have to communicate with each other about it before it can be sold anywhere else. Now you see. Mm-hmm. Now you see. Now that right there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now this situation right here is uh, that tells me through economics I have to maintain some kind of relationship with Ali. After we debate, I got no choice but to have a relationship with the brother because we mm-hmm. created a, a relationship through economic means and intent, and that is for my protection and for his protection. So we had this 